2: on
3: Local Now Channel 525. You know, I don't know why I even show up on this show. There is never anything to talk about. I mean, nothing. News, nothing going on. I don't know why I even show up to work. (laughs) We got a lot to talk about today, to say the least. All right, Dr. Uh, Darren Matthews is going to join us here in the first half hour Assistant Professor, Director of Master of Arts and Teaching Program over at Harding University. Good to have him in the studio. Doctor, thanks for taking the time out to be part of the show today. Thank you, Dave. appreciate it. We've had, uh, we've had several people on from Harding now. You guys are really uh, expanding what you're doing as a university. You've become more of not a local university, now a worldwide entity. Is that true?
1: Uh, that That is true. I mean, we're, um, we're covering Arkansas, we're covering our nation, and we're covering our world. We have campuses all over the world.
3: Yeah, if people think that the only people who know about Harding and Searcy, Arkansas, is people in Arkansas, you are so wrong. <laughs> they know about this university everywhere. It, it, it has a great, great pedigree that a lot of people follow up with. You're going to come in today and talk about the Master of Arts in Teaching, or the M.A.T. program. I'll just, I'm going to turn it over to you. You tell us what this is all about.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Dave. It, uh, it's, it's new to me. Uh, I joined the College of Ed at Harding University in June. I've been uh, 28 years in secondary education. Um, the last 14 years, I've been a high school principal. And an opportunity came up uh, that I got to join the College of Ed team and direct this Master of Arts in Teaching program. What is it? It is an online program for candidates. Now, that's a key, Dave. It's an online program.
3: Yeah, that means you don't have to come <laughs> to Jersey.
1: That's exactly right. We can, uh, we can connect from all across the, the state of Arkansas. So it's an online program for candidates who hold a bachelor's degree. And these candidates are seeking licensure while earning a master's degree. So, you know, they, they, they've graduated college, they have their bachelor's degree, and they have decided, hey, I, I would like to get a master's, and they can get it in uh, four different areas elementary K six, middle level four eight, secondary 712, or special education. And with my program, they get licensure, a teaching license, a standard teaching license, and a master's degree. Uh, with that master's degree, a lot of times schools will bump up their salary. Two, three, five thousand dollars for having that master's. Um it's a program that teaches pedagogy to the student. It's it that is teaching the method and the practice of teaching. We're not teaching content. The student already comes with the content. Um and uh they they prove that through their bachelor's uh undergrad work.
3: Okay. So Go into that just a little deeper. This is going to teach – I mean, you may have your bachelor's degree in any area. That's right. Now so, you decide you want to go into teaching, right? That's right. So who does this,
1: um, who does this type of program appeal to? Well, it's a person that, uh, who dreams of being a teacher. Maybe they didn't go to college and, and, and finish their undergrad and went to the teacher ed program. But they they've always dreamed of being a teacher. They want to serve children. They want to serve their com- community. It's a person that desires a career change. Maybe they're a banker, a lab technician, a musician, a data analysis, an artist, maybe a radio host. You know what? What it what it? It doesn't matter. They you decide, don't
3: want me teaching your kids. <laughs> Well, I'm just telling you, you don't <laughs> want me teaching your children. Isn't that right? The, I mean, yeah. <laughs> speech, communication John.
1: class, you know, who knows, Dave? We, we, You'd would, you would be great. Um, and so somebody who's seeking a career change, maybe it's also um, somebody that's already in a school system, but they're a parapro, a paraprofessional. Maybe they're a substitute teacher. Um, maybe they are a volunteer coach. Something that they want to... Um, Increase their salary, they want to go full-time, and they dream of having their own classroom. They dream of having an impact on students. I mean, this program, you think about it, it can impact the individual, our listeners out there, that individual say, you know what, I do want to become a teacher. Well, we're also going to impact because we're going to teach them up, we're going to train them, and we're going to make them... Just being able to thrive in the classroom, not just survive, but thrive in the classroom, Dave. And they then, in turn, are going to impact so many students out there, young people out there across Arkansas. One other thing, a lot of our students in this program are these 22-year-old graduates. They just decided, they just finished their bachelor's degree, and they might have a music uh, undergrad degree. They might have art I talked to a young man the other day. He was in engineering. He's he's a senior, and he thinks, I don't want to go into engineering, Dave. Uh, You know what? He comes to me, and he says, Dr. Matthews, I'm thinking about changing my major and going into teaching. I said, hold on, hold on. How about finishing your degree in engineering? You've got another uh, semester and a half here. You've got your bachelor's. Then you enter my program, the Master's of Arts and Teaching program. We'll get your master's. We'll teach you, how, you know, how to teach, and then you can go off and you teach math or, or engineering, robotics, whatever in a high school or a junior high, and so then we can benefit them. One more student that we have, Dave, is that it's a person that has already had a career, and he doesn't, he or she, they don't want to retire. Right. They're, instead, they want to go back and make a difference in these children' lives, children's lives, and they go back. They need a, a pathway. We are a a pathway for somebody to get that teaching license here in the state of Arkansas.
3: So it doesn't matter how far back in history <laughs> you got your uh, your degree. That's correct. You can still get into this particular path of study.
1: That's correct. Uh, there, there are definite requirements, and, and there's things to uh, admission requirements that you would have to go through as a student would come to me. But, um, but I would help them with that. I will direct them and, and, and guide them through the different um, admission requirements uh, that it would take. But you've got, that, uh, you've got that bachelor's degree, and then we'll do a few more things, a few more steps, and we'll get you in the program.
3: All right, let's take a quick break. We're already half through the time. Isn't that amazing? He goes like that, it's gone. Uh, we'll come back and uh, continue our conversation here with uh, Dr. Darren Matthews. This is about a Master of Arts in Teaching, uh, or M-A-T. If you uh, have your bachelor's degree or you're just about ready to finish up your bachelor's degree and you're looking and and you go, I don't know if I really want to do what my bachelor's degree is, or you've had your bachelor's degree and you're tired of doing what you've been doing and you want to get into teaching Yes. This is your answer. We'll come back talk more about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 215 on a Wednesday. All right, if you just joined us, Dr. Uh, Darren Matthews is our guest. He's the assistant professor director of the Masters of Arts and Teaching program at Harding University up there in Searcy. And uh, he's here telling us about this program. Sounds to me like it'd be pretty cool if you had a bachelor's degree already. Uh, let's say you've already had your career, like for me. If I wanted to change careers now, I've done radio for 50 years. It'd be kind of cool to be able to switch it up, take a couple of years, go through some teaching and and, and go into a high school somewhere and and start teaching kids how to be real reporters and stuff to replace some of the people who say they're reporters but aren't. That are in NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest of them. Hey, man, anyway, we'd love to have you Dave. <laughs> get that going. That's great. But yeah, this is. I like this whole thing because uh, I mean, if you've been, you know, you've lived your your life, so to speak. Now you want to do something different. You want to maybe give back, or as you said, you just got your bachelor's and you get it done, and you look at the future, and you go, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, right. but, I, but I would like to do that. People can get involved with this. Why don't you talk about, first of all, how to get involved with it, and how long does it take, and how does the program all uh, kind of roll out for people? Absolutely.
1: Well, there are several routes to licensure across the state, but we are here to, to say, hey, choose Harding University. And what you need to do is you need to go to harding.edu slash graded or graded, G-R-A-D-E-D, harding.edu slash graded. Or you can email us at, again, graded, or grad ed, ed at harding.edu. And the last thing, hey, if you just want to pick up the phone, 501-279-4315, you can give us a call. And so why choose Harding University? Why choose this route to become a teacher and and have the opportunity to impact kids' lives? Well, number one, at Harding, I feel like we're going to prepare you. Um, Harding University, I came from California back in... Uh, mid-80s. I'm sorry. Yeah, mid-80s. I, I, I learned, though, Dave. I learned. I, I got to get out of California. I got to get to Arkansas. <laughs> right. Mid-80s, went to Harding, uh, did my undergrad, did my graduate, my master's, worked on my doctorate. They have prepared me uh, for the life of education that I'm in. Well, We're going to prepare these students. Thirty-five-hour online program, all right? You can, you can be sitting in your living room, sitting in your room, wherever, and working on this uh, program. We have experienced and caring professors that will interact with you. You can. One of our motto, Dave, is professional partners for life. We want to be there. I've told my students that I am there for you, not just through this class, not just through this program, but we are here throughout your educational career. And you need to pick up the phone. You need to have access to so many different professors in so many different areas. We are there for you. Uh, You've already mentioned it, Dave, Harding has a reputation across this state and across our nation as an outstanding teacher preparation program. And so, again, I'll go back to they're not going to just survive in the classroom, but they're going to thrive from uh, learning the things that they learn in our teacher prep program. We also have three locations, one right here in North Little Rock, one up there in Rogers, and then our main campus in Searcy so three convenient locations to serve you if you're needing to make, uh, get in touch with somebody, see somebody. Um, but again, all the programs are online. But we serve so many different things. Maybe you're a high school principal out there, and you're deciding, hey, I want to get my doctorate. Harding University can help you, the College of Ed. Now, some options. Why choose Harding? Because we have some options for you. One is you could be a track one student. That means you, you find a school that will hire you Working with Harding and the MAT program and the Department of Ed, we will issue you a provisional license. You can start earning a salary right there. A school will hire you, and as long as you're going through our MAT program, you will have a provisional license to start teaching. Full-time teacher. I have about 60% of the students in the MAT program are these track one students. They are a teacher of record. They are out there teaching right now. The other kind is a track two student. They might want to work with a cooperating teacher, a professional teacher in a school, and do a semester of what we kind of know as student teaching. And so it will, that would, they would go through the classes, and the program then would culminate with a student teaching semester. So that is, uh, that's two ways that we could work with you. And then we want to work with you with the financial assistance. And and we have... That's always a big one. Absolutely. Well, there's grants out there. There's scholarships out there. Some schools do offer loan forgiveness programs that you're going to get hired on there. A school, a, a school district would have a loan forgiveness program. But we would also, we also knock off 40% off of graduate tuition. And then just because of, for our listeners today, Dave, any listener out there, I'm going to offer first course free, all right their first course free. You just mentioned this radio broadcast. you mentioned my name that uh, Dr. Matthews was talking about the MAT program, and I would like to sign up and have my first course free that's that's a three hour course that would be free now there are some other admission requirements, obviously we talked about earlier you've got to have a bachelor's degree and there's a few other tests that they would have to take to get into the program and you would apply to the program. But once you get over those hurdles, then right here, I've got the sheet of paper that uh, you contact, again, us at either the phone number, 501-279-4315, or go ahead and email us. Email us at graded or graded at harding.edu. Look for the MAT program and get in touch with us. And the last thing is our website. Go to our website, harding.edu slash graded. Any of those ways, you can connect with somebody, and you mention, hey, Dr. Matthews mentioned a first course free. I want to take him up on that, and we can help you out. Last thing I want to uh, mention to you, Dave, is that our, our Arkansas is doing a great job. Um, ADE, used to, what we know as the Arkansas Department of Education, they have changed their name to DESE. That's the Department of uh, Elementary and Secondary Education, so they go by DESE now. But they have put something out. Charlie Krausen has put something out, Become an Arkansas Teacher. It's next week, Dave, Tuesday, October 1, at the Crown Plaza Hotel right here in the, in Little Rock. There is probably, it's over
3: on, uh, what, Shackleford, right? That's
1: correct. There's probably 20 different institutions across the state. There's going to be several different routes to licensure. People there talking about their programs. We're looking for people that are wanting to complete their degree, a degree completion program, which Harding also offers, or to get into this non-traditional licensure. That's what my program is. It's an MAT program. You come there that night. The time is from 3 to 7, All right, 3 to 7, and we'll have vendors all set up. Again, the Department of Ed is doing a great job promoting this. This is one right here that they will have on Tuesday, October 1, 3 to 7, Crown Plaza Hotel. They are looking to do this regionally throughout the state. And so continue to look for uh, these fairs popping up just to try to help people find the routes to licensure, getting into the classroom, impacting those students of Arkansas that we know and love. I
3: mean, information is probably the, uh, the number one thing that people are looking for. How do I do X, Y, or Z, correct? Absolutely. So that's what you all offer. While we got the moment, let's talk a little bit about online classes. It's not like it used to be where you'd go on and then there was a taped lecture that you sat and watched and then you'd take a test on it and you'd send a text, uh, test in or whatever. That's not the way that uh, online classes work now.
1: No, sir. Uh, it's, uh, it's interactive. It's engaging. Um, we, we have constant communication. You know, through the Internet, through, uh, we use Zoom. We use something like Zoom. It's, a you know, where they can see you talking back and forth. You can, you know, interact that way. Um, Part of the program also, again, is depending on if you're close to those main campuses. We we reach out to you. You come in, sit in the office, helping out any way we can that way. Mm -hmm. Customer service, Dave, and I believe Harding University is the best at it.
3: Yeah, if you need to sit down and talk to somebody personally, then that's the way to do it. But I'm just going to tell you that if you're a millennial or someone just a little older than a millennial, you probably would rather not have to deal with a real person at any given time. I understand. I understand. <laughs> it's just I mean, I've become to just get used to that whole situation. Uh,
1: absolutely. And uh, it is. Uh, these online programs uh, that we offer, and we have several, through the College of Ed um, that and some of them are hybrid some of them might you just uh, especially some of the doctoral program uh, some of the Ed leadership programs, some of the other graduate level programs that we have it's a hybrid so you might meet just two or three Saturdays throughout the semester and the rest of it is online and so uh, there are many opportunities uh, for our students out there uh, for the people of Arkansas uh, I hope that you will think about uh, the career in education and helping students, whether it's special ed, elementary, um, you know, high school. If, if you can handle the teenagers, you know, they need some people yeah. that are ready to step up, partner with them, engage them, and walk with them on their journey.
3: All right. So uh, again, what's the phone number and what is the uh, uh, email? Absolutely. uh,
1: Hey, just pick up uh, the phone and call 501 279 4315 is the phone call. And then you want to go ahead and go to our website. Our website is harding.edu slash graded or graded. G R A D E D. Or just go ahead and email us, graded at harding.edu. That's our email, G R A D E D at harding.edu. And again, mention my name. Dr. Darren Matthews mentioned this first course free, and we'll get you into the program and get you on your way to becoming a teacher here in Arkansas.
3: And then lastly, don't forget about becoming an Arkansas teacher. That meeting is Tuesday of uh, next week, October 1st. Yeah, October 1st is next Tuesday. Yes. uh, 3 to 7 p.m., and it is at the Crown Plaza Hotel right here in Little Rock over on Shackleford. Doc, it's uh, great to have you with us. Appreciate you, you coming by. Outstanding. Uh, I'll have you back on sometime, and let's talk about uh, coaching women's sports. Absolutely. I, I he's, got, he's got he's got the big belt, the championship <laughs> belt from over at Harding with the uh, girls' high school uh, over there. That's Thanks right. so much for being on the show today. Let's get to the news, find out what the Democrats are up to here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Everything is uh, going well on my end. How about yours? Are you upset about what the House is doing, the Democrats? You know, I say to folks that are all upset about it, what did you expect them to do? Of course, they were, they've they been wanting to do this since the first day that the president put his hand on the Bible and took the oath of office. This is their, their end game that they're getting into now. They're going to do it right now and uh, try to make sure that, uh, one, that That Trump doesn't get uh, reelected. Two, that he's totally destroyed. Three, that the Republican Party is destroyed, and uh, four, that they nobody would be able to ever challenge them again. Here's what I think is going to happen: One, Joe Biden. uh, This is a can of worms that he doesn't want to get into. Later on in the show, about five o'clock hour, when Robert Steinbach joins me, I've got a piece of uh, audio that you'll be interested in hearing. Uh, when this whole thing about Hunter Biden uh, was being questioned, when Obama was president. Oh, what you know? You didn't know this? Yes, well, I have. I have uh, the audio from a press conference, and uh, the Secretary of State was being asked about it. And we'll be playing that for you during the five o'clock hour of the show today. So that's number one. Number two. Uh, Newt Gingrich came out, and he said that the Democrats evidently didn't learn anything from the impeachment that the Republicans did of Bill Clinton when President Clinton was. He says, here's what is going to happen, Nancy Pelosi. One, you will lose more seats in the House than you ever thought you were going to lose. Number two, you will lose the gavel that you so desperately want to hold on to. And number three, you are going to reelect Trump for another term. That was uh, what he had to say, and I, I agree with what he's saying. I think this is going to be a big exploding cigar for the Democrats. You ever seen? It? You remember those pictures they used to have of exploding cigars that showed the guy, boom, he'd go off, and he had this uh, shocked look on his face and they had like black powder all over the bottom around his lips and everything, that's exactly what's going to happen uh, to the Democrats. As usual, they are so obsessed with getting rid of this president that uh, they're so obsessed with it they're going to do whatever they think that they absolutely must do to do it. Problem is they forget there's more people involved than just them. It's called the electorate. And if you read that letter yet, or the the, not letter, but the uh, transcript of uh, the phone call that the president had uh, with the Ukraine president, and you think that there's something there that's impeachable, more power to you. Because when I look at it, when I read it, it's a nothing burger. There ain't nothing there. There's no quid pro quo or anything like that uh, in that phone call. That was a a question that was asked of the president of the Ukraine, and rightly so when you go back and you see since 2014 and the Obama administration did nothing about it, that uh, Hunter uh, Biden has been uh, involved in things in the Ukraine that he shouldn't, and he's been using his uh, being the son of the vice president to his advantage, the same. So, uh, Senator Graham today talked about that, and uh, you know, everybody the, the mainstream media now is is you know putting their hand up. You know, Don't look over there at Hunter Biden and uh, and uh, you know the the vice president. There's nothing to see. There's nothing to see. Yes, there is a car wreck there, but there's nothing to see. Here's what Senator Graham had to see. Uh, say about all of this, cut number one.
4: But The one thing that I think is has to be dealt with here is that the son of the vice president was receiving a lot of money from the Ukraine and some of the sources of the funds were under investigation by the prosecutor. I don't know what the right answer is. I just hope somebody will look at it and I don't mind the president bring up the idea maybe the guy was fired because of a conflict of interest.
5: But how is, it, how is
6: it not inappropriate that the president asked the president of another country to look into a political rival who's running for election and possibly again since we went to the primary I, next
4: year. I, I don't know what you looked at. I think it's very appropriate for the president of the United States to suggest that you got a corruption problem, and this prosecutor that was fired maybe it was because he was corrupt, or maybe because he was looking, uh, looking at something close to America here. The vice president's son was receiving money from the Ukraine, was on a board of a company that was the subject of investigation. The question that got me going was did the pros of the United States suggest to the Ukraine I will withhold money unless you go after my political rival the answer is absolutely not that's why I wanted the phone call to be released I wanted Mueller to do his job and he was able to do his job the phone calls released now I want to know from the whistleblower who told you about the phone call if you were not on it yourself who is it in the system that went to this person why did they pick this person to tell about a phone call And why did the whistleblower file a complaint about something they had no direct knowledge of? Do you want the Senate General- General- Judiciary Committee to be involved at all in? Under- uh, the the, the Senate sent it all to the Intel Committee. Okay. So the
7: Democrats well, have often asked you to bring in Attorney General Bill Barr to ask him about all of it so with the law and the process behind the scenes. Will
5: you
4: invite him? I, I, it's my understanding that the case has been referred to the Intel Committee. But I will look at what happened here. I mean, before I knew what was in the phone call, I said. It's a privileged matter, clearly, but the aura around the phone call was disturbing. Did the president of the United States take money? that was going to the Ukraine and threatened to withhold it if he did not get help in his re-election? The answer is no. Did Joe Biden threaten to withhold money if you don't fire somebody in the Ukraine? Yes. Maybe there's a good reason to do that, but here's the, the elephant in the room. The person you asked to be fired was investigating companies that your son was part of. Now, somebody needs to look at that. I don't care to look at it. Somebody outside of politics. From my point of view, Joe Biden's an honorable, decent guy, But there's an obvious conflict here. And it's okay to talk about an obvious conflict. But maybe, no, 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 many Western
6: allies and uh, people like your National Monetary
4: Fund also well, wanted to they, prosecute did, did, Yeah, did any of them have a family member working in the Ukraine? So it may be justified that this guy was corrupt. I don't know, but I do know this, that the person arguing for him to be fired had a conflict of interest. And if you don't see that conflict, you're blind. If you don't see that there's a double standard here when it comes to Trump and Everybody else, you're blind. You're willfully blind. If this had been a Republican, you would be asking what relationship did your son's involvement in the Ukraine have to your decision to call for the guy to be fired? Did the New York Times tip off the vice president? There's an investigation that involves companies that your son may be part of. I'm not accusing them of anything, but there is plenty of conflict here that somebody should look at.
3: Oh, oh, what was it that Newt said? This is going to open up a can of worms for Joe Biden. I'd say that was pretty much a can of worms that we just listened to from uh, Lindsey Graham. Very interesting piece of audio for you because seriously, I, I agree with him. If it had been a Republican, uh, let me, let me just pick somebody. Huh? If it had been, uh, but if it had been uh, Pence, okay, vice president Pence, and he, and, and he had a son, and he was working over in the Ukraine. And he was working at a power company over in the Ukraine. And then, then he went to the Ukraine. And he says, you know, you need to get rid of this uh, prosecutor that is uh, is out here uh, investigating X, Y, and Z companies, which happened to be one of the companies that your son was sitting on the board with. And it was one of uh, Pence's sons that was sitting on this board. And he says, you know, if you, if you don't get rid of that guy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure we withhold all that money that we were going to give to you. Now, you just think about that for a moment. Do you not think that every news organization would not be howling, at the vice president about, well, why would you do that? Why would you say, well, if you don't get rid of that guy, you're not going to get your money. Now, there is a quid pro quo. You get rid of the prosecutor or if you don't get rid of him, you're not getting this money. President didn't say that. President just asked a question. Didn't say, you know, you you do this for me and I'll release this money. And that's not what he said. There was no quid pro quo involved in that at all. So, and like I said, this had been a question a long time ago, long before Trump was president. Long before Trump was president, this was brought up in an interview or in a press conference with the State Department. And I have that audio and I play it for you in the five o'clock hour so you can hear it. I'll play it then, too, so that you'll hear it be part of it. Uh, you'll know what's going on. Mitch McConnell, Senate uh, Majority Leader, he had things to say about all of this. And uh, here's what he had to say, cut number three.
8: So, Ms. Friday yesterday evening, Speaker Pelosi announced the House of Representatives will begin what she called an official impeachment inquiry. But really, Mr. President, we know that House Democrats have been indulging their impeachment obsession for nearly three years now. A never-ending impeachment parade in search of a rationale. The very day that President Trump was inaugurated, the Washington Post ran a news story with this headline. The campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. The day of his inauguration. Later that year, there were articles of impeachment introduced over the president's language. So clearly this has been an ongoing project for House Democrats since practically the moment that Secretary Clinton lost the election. For months, Democrats insisted that special counsel Mueller's investigation or the work of the Senate Intelligence Committee would prove their theories about a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. It didn't happen. The facts disappointed them but the impeachment parade kept marching along and yesterday even though bipartisan committee investigations into the new whistleblower allegations are underway and just hours after the president offered to publicize the details of his phone call with the president of ukraine the dam finally broke speaker pelosi couldn't hold back the far left any longer before any of us even had the facts in hand she caved to the left and announced an impeachment inquiry. If this all sounds familiar, that's because at the time, literally one week ago, the same Democrats were shouting about impeaching Justice Kavanaugh. That rush to judgment was on the basis of a sketchy story in a major newspaper that promptly had to publish an enormous correction. But one week later, here they go again, threatening impeachment without the facts in hand. So look, Mr. President, Senate Republicans support the established proper procedures for considering this whistleblower report. And in the meantime, while our friends across the Capitol rush to judgment and dive deeper into their nearly three-year-old impeachment addiction, we'll stay focused on the American people's business.
3: All right. That was Mitch McConnell today, and he was right. He was right on about what he had to say. We've got uh, 12 minutes till three. Let's take another break. We got to get our final break. in when we come back, I've got new Gingrich. He's got things to say about this as well here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. Got about seven minutes till three o'clock. Uh, the president is supposed to take questions here in just a few moments. When that happens, uh, we'll bring it to you live here on one oh one one. FM the answer that's what we do, and you'll be able to listen to what the president has to say. It's about the whistleblower report that's being released. Newt Gingrich had things to say about all this. You know, he went through this back in the nineties with President Clinton and the impeachment in the House. Cost the Republicans House seats. It cost the Republicans the speakership, and uh, Clinton went on to win reelection. So. He wanted to talk about Joe Biden. Here's what he had to say.
7: Well, look, I think in the long run, historians will think that this is the theater of the absurd. Uh, The president, by the way, gave an extraordinary historic speech on religion and religious freedom yesterday. Uh, People I know who care deeply about that topic think it's one of the most historic speeches given by any modern president Mm -hmm. on the issue of religious liberty and God. Uh, And yet, he's surrounded basically by a democratic party which has lost its mind uh... nancy pelosi think about what you're watching this is the infantile stage of liberalism which was also matched yesterday by a sixteen-year-old addressing the united nations as though she knew something Uh, nancy pelosi hasn't seen the transcript hasn't interviewed the whistleblower has no new information and furthermore When she starts an investigation into Ukraine, the person that's going to get clobbered is Joe Biden. Uh, If you look at Hunter Biden, his son, both in China and in Ukraine, what you're looking at is a case study in corruption. Uh, And so Nancy Pelosi should have announced an investigation. She said nobody's above the law. Well, does that include the front runner in her own party? Because if you look at what's happened, notice what the argument is. The president says, gosh. To a brand new anti corruption reformer, which is what they have now in Ukraine, a comedian who won the race because people are so sick of the corruption. And the president says, you know, this was all being handled by the corrupt system you just beat. Why don't you check and see what happened? Now, he didn't say go make something up, uh, but in fact, is it true that? Hunter Biden's company was engaged in corrupt behavior. Is it true, for example, in China, that there's a whole weird pattern of billions of dollars happens to go to the vice president's son, who has zero skill at what he's getting? I mean, if, if his name had been Hunter Smith, he would have gotten no money at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think what Pelosi's doing is opening up a can of worms, and the largest worms are going to be Hunter and Joe Biden, uh, not Donald Trump.
3: Wow. That's pretty pretty insightful things. Keep uh, We'll just keep on watching. Again, I've just been notified that the uh, president's press conference coming up shortly, dealing with the whistleblower report that's being uh, sent. Now, they're calling it a news conference, so that means he's going to take questions as well. So uh, we're going to take that live so that you'll be able to hear all of it. But I want you to think about that. Billions of dollars into China. A lot of money going in, a billion dollars at least, going into the Ukraine when Hunter Biden uh, was working uh, for a power company there in uh, the Ukraine, which was being investigated for corruption. And there's some questions. There are some questions that must be answered. All right, so uh, we're waiting on the president. Uh, We'll get it to you here as soon as it starts, and then uh, we're getting ready to go to the news. Now, we're supposed to have a guest with us to talk about a play that's going to be happening here in uh, uh, central Arkansas this weekend. Uh, We'll get to that unless the president begins to speak, and we'll take the president live, and then we'll make sure that we get the uh, uh, producer of that play on. Uh, before the the play happens uh, this weekend stay with us we've got a lot more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick show moment and if he does we're going to go to that but we'll come back to you after it's over is that all right
9: completely understandable
3: all right so let, let's talk about viable tell us how this came uh, together because this is a a really a unique, Uh, you know, dramatic presentation.
9: Yes, and it dates back about 30 years, believe it or not. uh, When I was at Chuck Swindoll's Evangelical Free Church of Fullerton, California, Mm. um, the church began to get involved with what was kind of a pledging pro-life movement, and a woman came and spoke to uh, a class at our church about abortion she was a former abortionist who when uh i don't know how long to make the story but uh, the, the, the abortions were oftentimes survived back in the early days of Roe versus Wade. Yeah, medical techniques weren't very sophisticated around it and of course when children survived abortions they the litigation followed right it's a field day for lawyers mm-hmm. and um So the medical profession, to protect themselves from litigation, developed techniques that ensured the demise of the fetus prior to the removal from the womb. And those techniques were so brutal and inhuman that the Lord dropped the scales from this woman's eyes. She was, I think, from India or Pakistan, and she was a physician, and she was an abortionist. And she, all of a sudden saw what she was doing and how brutal it was. There's a line in the play um, about how if the techniques used to dismember fetuses and remove their corpses from the womb were used to execute the most heinous criminals on the face of the earth, the public would never stand for it. So, I mean, think about it, you know, terrorists in in, in, in Guantanamo who, who killed thousands and thousands of people and, and, and burned them to death in jet fuel and, and caused them to jump out of the 60th or 80th story of the World Trade Center. If they were executed using the same techniques used to perform abortions, the public would never stand for that rule. And so she realized that. And that, that's, that was part of the inspiration for why that line is in the show. But I've had this on my heart uh, for 30 years that, that wow. the entire abortion industry is predicated on a lie. It, it, it only survives if the abortion industry can keep the actual technique and truth about what an abortion is and how it's carried out and what's done with the, the, the fetuses post-abortion Uh, all of that has to be kept. uh, The mendacity is what the entire abortion industry trundles on. So, um, I thought, boy, if people just knew the truth, they wouldn't do it, which is another line from the show. So, um, and that has proven out with research over the years. So now there's so many people like Abby Johnson, uh, who inspired the film, um, unplanned, right. And uh, lots and lots and lots of physicians now have testified in front of Congress who used to be abortionists. Who are no, In fact, the man who plays the abortionist in the Adity film Unplanned was himself an abortionist and is now a, a powerful Christian advocate for life. Um, so uh, knowing all that, we have lots of people and in, in, in organizations that are formed around post-abortive women and the experiences they have had and how they have suffered as a result of the abortion, something the Planned Parenthood will never tell you. They performed a little research project of their own where they didn't uh, uh, question any subjects who had abortions any longer than 36 months prior to the research survey. And the longitudinal research has, has proved to us that the longer a woman suffers with this post-abortive trauma, the more deeply it grieves her and the more deeply she suffers from it. And so the play, uh, and I, I I appreciate, Dave, I'm jumping all over the map and answering your question. Um, the play is about a post-abortive woman who's suffering post-abortion trauma. And uh, if you can hear some voices in the background, we're in a rehearsal hall in Greenville, uh, South Carolina, getting ready to get on the plane tomorrow for Arkansas. And so those are some of the actors working. Okay. Um, but we are... Uh, uh, in, in fact, if you would like later in the interview, if we have a few minutes, uh, you've seen the video, I assume. Yes, uh, it's on the website. Giselle Gapings, who is the star of the show, who you saw, who plays the role of Judy, is here, and she can join us at some point during the break, the commercial break. If, if you have time for that, okay. Um, and we can talk more about what it's like from her perspective to play that role. But going back to your question, to try and sum it up quickly, um, I just have had this on my heart all these years: what would happen? If people knew the truth about what abortion really is and how it's conducted, and who could tell that story better than someone who's experienced it? In yeah. other words, the victim. There are multiple victims, of course, of abortion, and, and one is the mother, and one is, of course, the child that's killed, put to death. So that's why we deal with uh, the child who was put to death bringing a message in the dream to her mother and telling her the story from a perspective that only she could have. Um, and so I didn't write this play. I was working, I had just come out of Disney, working for Disney uh, early, not long before we had this experience in Fullerton at at Chuck Swindoll's church. But, uh, so I was busy doing a lot of things. I never wrote this play. It's just been on my heart. It's, It's been there incubating for 30 years. And then I was working in New York where I lived for the last 13 years, New York City with a small Christian production company that was just a startup. And they needed an inexpensive, simple, portable show that they could do on a, on, a, on a limited budget. Right. And this came back to mind. This is only three actors. It's two chairs. It's as simple as simple can be, which really leaves a, a blank, tabula rasa canvas on which the actors paint this incredibly powerful and moving story. I'm sure Rose probably told you about that. What it is like to actually sit through this play, and experience it.
3: Well, I've heard that it's mm-hmm. powerful. That that is what I have heard. And if it's uh-huh. that minimalist, that it's just two two chairs and then your actor and actresses or whatever, then uh-huh. you're going to become very, very emotionally invested in what is happening on the stage.
9: There is nothing to distract you, <laughs> and and nothing to get between you and the truth about what this does to human beings, the, the the cruelty of abortion, and more importantly, the true message of the show, because Bible is not about the politics of abortion, it's not about the constitutionality of abortion, it's not about the legality of abortion, it's about the love of Christ for redeeming and restoring people who have sinned and people who have suffered as a consequence mm-hmm. of their sin. And that's the message that comes out of this. So it's, it's a message about faith. It's a message about restoration, grace, forgiveness, mercy. You know, when, when, when Judy, the leading character that Giselle plays, learns about the, the love of Christ and how he will come and remove the condemnation, her own condemnation. She doesn't know until her daughter comes back and explains to her, that's not Jesus condemning you. That's you condemning you. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. And and so she she has a, a, a tremendous conversion. She's a nominal Christian to begin with, uh, you know, one of these mainstream Protestants. When, that's relative, and anything goes. And finally, she learns that no, Jesus is what goes, and and, and he's the one who comes, and he's the one who restores.
3: Our guest is he okay. destroyed. Our guest is John Hoover. He's the. Writer, producer, director of the play Viable, which will be presented here in Little Rock coming up this uh, uh, this weekend. And John, explain, if you would, uh, from your perspective, you know, number one, how long did it take you to put all this down on paper? And then how difficult it is? Is it to deal with this type of a very, very, very emotional subject? And uh you know, write it in such a way that the listener will receive the message.
9: Great, great question, Dave. Um, we have at every performance, and Rose might have told you this as well, uh, prayer partners and women who do counseling in primarily in crisis pregnancy centers for post-abortive women. Uh, people who teach courses like Forgiven and Set Free for this exact purpose to help women be liberated from uh, this guilt, the shame, the the sorrow of of what follows this. I mean, women, uh, I mean, it's common sense, and this is also in the play where Judy says, you know, women grieve a lifetime if they have a miscarriage. Women grieve a lifetime if uh, they have a stillbirth, right? So how could I believe those Planned Parenthood counselors when they told me that I would have no regrets after I abort my own baby. I mean, it just defines like so much of the abortion argument, it defies common sense. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in the play as well. So um, we, I wrote it. Uh, I just wrote what God told me. I, you know, I don't like to when people really compliment the script and the dialogue and how powerful it is. I just say, give credit to God. He wrote it. I was the scribe. You know, Mm -hmm. I sat at the keyboard, but but he inspired this, and and truly, I have to give credit and glory to him for this message, and it does powerfully impact people, and we do have people there to pray with women who are powerfully and emotionally impacted when they see this and experience this, because it brings things out in them that they have never dealt with uh, for many, many years, sometimes several decades. Um, and that's the report we get, and that's the validation to know that, 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 that God has put the right message here and has put it down in the correct way, and that these performers are performing it in the correct way, is that women who are post-abortive, who have sometimes had multiple abortions, come up to us and tell us that this was their life, that they just watched their life um, on stage. And it's, and it's enormously moving. And it's a powerful testimony, and, and nobody can leave without understanding how marvelous and amazing God is and how faithful he is to his promises, even when we can do something as abhorrent as a child.
3: John Hoover, our guest. We got to our, our break. John, let me tell my listeners that we are keeping track of the president's news conference. When that happens, we will go to it. But right now, we got John with us. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. By the way, Viable will be performed Sunday, September 30th at 6.30 in the evening at Covenant Presbyterian Church Number 1 uh, uh, Number One Covenant Drive. So keep that in mind. You'll want to see this, and uh, we'll come back and talk further with John, and I think uh, the lead actress as well is there, and she can join us by phone as well. Let's take our break. We'll be back with more. It's the Dave Ellswick Show
10: here on 101.1 FM, The Answer.
3: Alright, we are back and uh, we understand that uh, John Hoover is with us. Well, I think we just disconnected him. You got it? Okay. Are you still there, John? We lost him. Okay. John,
5: yeah, let's get I think you got disconnected.
3: Okay, we'll go back and get him again. John, is, my John is working on there right now. Giselle, thanks for joining yeah. us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tell us a little bit about how difficult this part is to play.
11: It it
5: is. It's been a very. T- All right.
3: We got to reconnect everybody, so we'll we'll get that taken care of, and uh, come back and and. We'll get everybody on, and we'll talk about this uh, with folks. Hang with me now while we while we get that uh, worked out over on the other side. They're taking care of it right now, so stay with us. The Giselle Gatherings uh, is uh, going to be back with us in a moment, and so will John Hoover. He'll be on. We're talking about a play. It's called Viable, and it is about a woman who has an abortion and uh she is visited uh by her child about what uh has happened so uh um, I understand that the the day that I gave evidently was wasn't uh correct so uh, thanks John appreciate it anyway <laughs> they're getting they're gonna get Giselle up on John's ready okay let's get you John, I wanna evidently, I said the, the time that I have is September 3rd to 630. You're saying that that's not that the time.
9: Okay, so uh, I'll run down the dates. I mean, uh, Rose Mims, who, by the way, has just done a magnificent job of bringing this tour to Arkansas and making sure that it's landing in all congressional districts of that state, uh, will be in Springdale at St. Raphael Parish Hall on September 27th. That's this coming Friday. Okay. At uh at uh seven PM. Then we move over to Jonesboro Saturday night, the twenty eighth, at okay. seven PM, at Awaken Church in okay. Jonesboro. Great. And then we come to Little Rock on the twenty ninth. Twenty six thirty PM. Yep. That's Sunday night. Uh at Covenant Presbyterian, which I understand you're familiar with. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um so you're a pillar of Covenant Church, and then we go down to Texarkana for 7 p.m. Monday night at Lawn Baptist Church.
3: Okay, so we're, so, we're all we're take- all set. So I said September 30th is September 29th at 6:30 uh, uh, p.m. All right, you need to pull down that. I'm hearing the dial tone, guys. Thank you. All right, they're trying to get Giselle back on the phone, John. Just so you'll know, I don't know. They're they're having some problems, but they're working on it. Okay, so September twenty ninth, six so, thirty at yes, Presbyterian Church number uh, one Covenant Drive is number one Covenant be. Drive. Yes, sir. Good, we got that, and we were really of. looking forward to it. Well, yes, I, I'm looking you. forward to to it, and I'm looking forward to getting Giselle back on. Uh, okay. here Because I had asked her how difficult it was to play this part. You you tell me a little oh, bit. I'm going to yeah. jump in on this because. I'm going to assume Giselle has not undergone an abortion. How difficult is it for somebody who's never done that? And I understand that they're an actor, but still, <laughs> it's that's that's an awful deep area to have to go to.
9: Let me let me answer. The, just as I begin to answer, just let me if I can quickly plug the website. Sure, viableplay.org. Viableplay, all one word. Viableplay.org. You will, You can see videos of Giselle doing this. Okay. And, and uh, trailers and audience reactions and things like that. Now, the reason I mention that is because it'll help people understand. Giselle, if I can tell stories out of school, is one of the most talented women I've ever worked with. And, and I say that because in acting, what we look for in performers is something called range. Mm-hmm. Half you know, like you look at Dustin Hoffman, he can be razzo Rizzo or he can be Tootsie, you know, and yeah. that's Rain. um she goes in the play, the play has a, a character arc um and I could actually put you on a speaker with her, but i I don't know if that would no uh, well that's for all right let
3: we're we're down to about okay. a minute and a half left here, but go ahead oh okay, no
9: worries um what she does as a character is um john she John, I have th- to come in.
3: I have to come in. I have to break off our interview. The President of the United States has just taken the podium. John, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. We're going to have to let John go. Let's go to the President.
12: Secretary General, it's been really incredible what's been taking place. And uh, he's been a fantastic host to a lot of countries. The uh, meetings I had on a bilat or close were Pretty staggering. I think we set a new record, but you'll have to check that out. The uh, We met very, very, uh, for pretty extended periods of time, either two on two, one on one, or just about at that level, with Pakistan, Poland, New Zealand, Singapore, Egypt, South Korea, United Kingdom, India. Iraq, Argentina, Germany, Brazil, France, Japan, Ukraine, Honduras, El Salvador, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Bahrain, Kuwait, Qatar, Oman, UAE, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru. Other than that, we weren't too busy over the last three days. And unfortunately, the press doesn't even cover it. You know, we have we've made some fantastic deals like with Japan for farmers. We have a tremendous trade deal with uh, Japan and uh, that doesn't get covered because you waste your time on nonsense. The PMI manufacturers index uh, is has gone substantially up, which was an incredible Larry Kudlow, wherever you may be. Larry, please stand up. Uh, You just gave me these numbers. Uh, And existing new home sales are uh, through the roof. Just came out. Oil prices have gone down ever since the Saudi Arabia incident, and they've gone down very substantially, so we have plenty of oil. Uh, But those numbers were surprising to you, Larry, and the extent of the increase. Is that a correct statement? So thank you, Larry Kudlow. Um, We... uh, I think we'll make this little announcement to you because important, uh, you know, the so-called whistleblower, the one that didn't have any first class or first rate or uh, second tier information, from what I understand. You'll have to figure that out for yourself. Uh, But I've spoken with leader Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans, many of them, and we were going to do this anyway, but I've informed them, all of the House members, that I fully support transparency on the so-called whistleblower information, even though it was supposedly second-hand information, which is sort of interesting. Um, and other things have come out about the whistleblower that are also maybe even more interesting But also insist on transparency from Joe Biden and his son Hunter on the millions of dollars that have been quickly and easily taken out of Ukraine and China. Millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars taken out very rapidly while he was vice president. And I think they should have transparency for that. I've informed the leader about that. And uh, additionally, I demand transparency from Democrats who went to Ukraine and attempted to force the new president, who I met and is an outstanding person who just met a little while ago. Some of you were there. I think he's going to be outstanding. He got elected on the basis of corruption. He wants to end corruption in Ukraine, and I think that's great. But they went there and they wanted to force the new president to do things that they wanted under the form of political threat. They threatened him. If he didn't do things now, that's what they're accusing me of. But I didn't do it. I didn't threaten anybody. In fact, the press was asking questions of the president of Ukraine. And he said, no pressure. I used the word pressure. I think he used the word push, but he meant pressure. But it's the same thing. No push, no pressure, no nothing. It's all a hoax, Hoax. It's all a big hoax. And the sad thing about this hoax is that. We work so hard with all of these countries, and, I mean, really hard. This has been—I've been up from early in the morning to late in the evening and meeting with different countries, all for the good of our country, and the press doesn't even cover all of this. And it's disappear- it's really disappointing also to those countries that are with us and spend so much time with us. So we want transparency. We've informed Kevin McCarthy, about transparency, and we said vote for it. So I think you'll have close to 100 percent of the Republican votes, I hope. And they got almost no attention. But in May, CNN reported that Senators Robert Menendez, Richard Durbin and Patrick Leahy wrote a letter to Ukraine's prosecutor general expressing concern at the closing of four investigations they said were Critical. In the letter, they implied that their support for U.S. assistance to Ukraine was at stake. And that if they didn't do the right thing, they wouldn't get any assistance. Gee, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar? And Chris Murphy, who I've been dealing with on guns, you know, so nice. He's always, oh, no, we want to work it out. We want to work it out. But they're too busy wasting their time on, on the witch hunt. So Senator Chris Murphy literally threatened the president of Ukraine that if he doesn't do things right, they won't have Democrat support in Congress. So you're going to look all of this up. One other thing, I'm just going off certain uh, notes and uh, elements of what we've been doing over the last three days, but this just came up a few minutes ago. The Amazon Washington Post... Just put out a fake article that acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, who I've gotten to know, and he's a tough cookie, and I was surprised, I was shocked to hear this, was going to quit blaming the White House for something that they wouldn't let him talk openly, freely. And I was shocked because I know Joe, and he's tough. Tough guy. And I was really surprised to hear he was going to quit before I could even either talk to him or talk to anybody else. He put out a statement. I I didn't speak to Joe yet, but he said, at no time have I considered resigning my position. In other words, the story in The Washington Post was a fake. At no time have I considered resigning my position since assuming this role on August 16th, 2019. I have never quit anything in my life. And I am not going to start now. I'm committed to leading the intelligence community to address the diverse and complex threats facing our nation." That's from the Acting Director of National Intelligence, a very good man, Joseph McGuire. So we're having a great period of time. Our country is the strongest it's ever been economically. Our numbers are phenomenal. Wilbur, thank you, and Larry, everybody. The numbers are phenomenal. Our economy is the strongest in the world. We're the largest economy in the world. Had my opponent won, we would be second right now because China was catching us so rapidly, we would have been second by this time. And unless somebody does a very poor job as president, we're going to be first for a long way because we've picked up trillions and trillions of dollars in value and worth of our country. And China has lost trillions and trillions of dollars and millions of jobs and their supply chain and they want to make a deal this year america came to the united nations stronger than we have ever been before since my election the united states has not only brought our economy to a level that we have never seen the most jobs that we've ever had you know you've heard me say it many times african-american Asian-American, Hispanic-American, the best unemployment numbers we've ever had. And the most and best employment numbers, 160 million, very close to that number, in jobs we've never been anywhere close. Wages are up, and inequality is down. Something that people don't like writing about, but wages are up. I used to speak during the campaign, and i talk about wages where people were making less money three years ago than they were making 21 years ago, 22 years ago. And they'd have two, two jobs and three jobs. So when I say three years ago, I'm talking into the area sometime prior to the election. And they were doing very badly. And now, for the first time in many years, wages are up and employment is up and unemployment is down. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. In a week of active and ambitious diplomacy here at the United Nations, America renewed our friendships. We advanced our values greatly and made clear to everyone that the United States will always defend our citizens. To promote prosperity, I met with Prime Minister Boris Johnson at length of the United Kingdom, continuing our discussions on a magnificent new bilateral trade deal. So we'll see what happens with respect to Brexit. But I suspect we'll have a fantastic deal with the U.K. It should be much bigger than it has been over the last number of years, over the last 20 years, frankly. It should be a much bigger deal. That's true with many countries. We're going to have much bigger trade deals with a lot of countries that have a opportunity to come, and they all want to do business with the United States, especially now. Earlier today, I stood alongside Prime Minister Abiy of Japan, a friend of mine, a great gentleman, had a great re-election, and we signed a terrific new trade deal, which tremendously helps our farmers and ranchers, and technology. Uh, the technology companies are um, really big beneficiaries. We also held very productive conversations with leaders of Pakistan, India. And many other nations are achieving stronger ties of fair and reciprocal trade. And with respect to Pakistan and India, we talked about Kashmir. And whatever help I can be, I said I offered, whether it's arbitration or mediation or whatever it has to be, I'll do whatever I can because they're at very serious odds right now. And hopefully that'll get better. Uh, You look at the two gentlemen heading those two countries, two good friends of mine, I said, fellas, work it out. Just work it out. Those are two nuclear countries. They've got to work it out. This week, we also made incredible strides on national security. With President Duda of Poland, we signed a joint declaration advancing defense cooperation. And, crucially, Poland has agreed to put up 100% of the money, something I don't think you've ever heard said before, but they're going to put up hundred percent of the money of hosting additional u s military personnel that we'll be taking from various other countries. We won't have more over we'll have We'll be moving them around. Poland is building us phenomenal new facilities they're spending everything and they're they're going to uh, really do a job uh, but we'll be moving. A few thousand soldiers and Poland will be paying that for it together with Prime Minister Lee of Singapore, I signed an important agreement extending our defense cooperation. This hasn't been changed in many years. And yesterday I met with prospective members of the Middle East. Strategic Alliance, which is a group that I know very well. I know all of them. And through this effort, the nations of the Middle East are taking more responsibility for securing their own future and their own neighborhood. And uh, they're also reimbursing us and paying us for uh, a lot of the military work that we incredibly do. But because we're now independent energy-wise, we're energy-independent, We have very few boats going over the Middle East. We used to have them going through the straits all the time. And you probably noticed that uh, every once in a while they go after somebody else's. They haven't gone after us yet. If they do, they've got big problems. But we have very few boats going over there. They were saying the other day they've never attacked an American boat. I'm not asking for trouble. But if they do, they know they have far bigger trouble. But... Then they said, but, you know, we don't see very many American boats over here anymore. This week also brought extraordinary progress to nations of our own hemisphere. In recent days, we've achieved historic asylum cooperation agreements with El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. We were with El Salvador today. A great young gentleman became the president. He's strong and tough, and he's taking care of crime. He was really something today. I was very impressed with him. And likewise with Honduras, who we met. uh, We signed a cooperation agreement with both and also with Guatemala. We're working with our partners in Central America to ensure that asylum seekers can pursue relief as close to their home countries as possible. That'll make a tremendous difference at our southern border. And Mexico, I have to say... President Lopez Obrador has been outstanding and an outstanding partner, and he's doing a great job in Mexico. Uh, The cartels are way down, and uh, the numbers, our secretary is here now. The numbers are way down, way, way down, and uh, we're doing that without the help (laughs) of Congress, meaning the Democrats in Congress, who won't give us a single vote to take care of loopholes. We have loopholes that are so horrible and it would be so easy to fix. And they know they should be fixed, but they don't want to do it because they don't want to give Trump any credit because it's all about the election. That's all they care about. They don't care about our country. They care about the election. And the sad part is with all of the tremendous work that we've done this weekend, whether it's Secretary Mnuchin or... Secretary Pompeo, who had some outstanding, outstanding meetings with all of this tremendous work that we've done, uh, the press doesn't even cover it. And the Democrats did this hoax during the United Nations week. It was perfect because this way it takes away from these tremendous achievements that we're taking care of doing, uh, that we're involved in, in new york city at the united nations so that was all planned like everything else it was all planned and the witch hunt continues but they're getting hit hard on this witch hunt because when they look at the information it's a joke impeachment for that when you have a wonderful meeting or you have a wonderful phone conversation I think you should ask. We actually, you know, that was the second conversation. I think you should ask for the first conversation also. I can't believe they haven't. Although I heard there's a there's a rumor out they want the first conversation. It was beautiful. It was just a perfect conversation. But I think you should do that. I think you should do, and I think you should ask for VP Pence's conversation because he had a couple of conversations also. I could save you a lot of time. They were all perfect. Nothing was mentioned of any import other than congratulations. But the word is that they're going to ask for the first phone conversation. Uh, You can have it anytime you need it. And also Mike Pence's conversations, which were, I think, one or two of them. They were perfect. They were all perfect. Uh, It's very sad what the Democrats are doing to this country. They're dividing. They're belittling. They're demeaning our country. So many leaders came up to me today and they said, Sir, what you go through, no president has ever gone through. And it's so bad for your country. People laugh at the stupidity of what they've asked for. And here we could do asylum. We could do all of these different things so easily. We could do asylum quickly. We could do loopholes, get rid of them. Instead, we actually make deals with Mexico and with Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, And we're doing it with them instead of with our Congress, but we're doing it. We get it done. The wall is being built, by the way. It got little coverage. I went to the border. Uh, It's going up in New Mexico. It's going up in Arizona. It's going up in California, believe it or not. They really wanted that wall in California and San Diego. As soon as it was completed, they said, we don't want a wall. They were begging me for a wall. I should take it out and move it to another location. We were with uh, the governor, spoke to him a lot, but the governor of Texas, the lieutenant governor of Texas, attorney general of Texas, the senators of Texas, Corn and Ted Cruz. And uh, we're building an incredible wall. That's uh, going to, number one, it's going to look great. It's going to be virtually... Uh, impossible to cross unless you're one hell of a mountain climber. It's very tough. It's going to be very tough to get people and drugs over those walls because they're the real deal. Um, I went to the secretary of Homeland Security, and he got all those people together. I said, give me four walls, your optimum, every single thing included, and they give me 20% less, 20% less, and 20% less, meaning less cost. They came back, they said, this is the wall, sir. This would be the best. We have the panels on top, which are anti-climb panels. I don't know if you noticed the steel on top. We have a different design for a different area, but this anti-climb is very tough. We had people going out and real climbers telling us which is the toughest to climb, but these are anti-climb panels. Very tough to get across, and the wall is going up uh, many miles a week, and we hope to have over 400 but maybe as much as 500 miles which will pretty much do it because you have a lot of natural barriers, you have mountains, you have really rough rivers, you have some really rough land that you can't cross very easily so they serve as their natural walls but we uh, will have we think over 400 but we could even have 500 miles uh, to combat the malice corruption of both the venezuelan and iranian dictatorships today i issued proclamations suspending the entry into the united states of senior regime officials and their families and further to promote american values on monday i was proud to be the first president in history to host a meeting at the united nations i'm so surprised first president for this i can't believe that i'm first i spoke to franklin graham about that i can't believe it at the United Nations, on protecting religious freedom and liberty for people around the world. While some partisans and unelected bureaucrats in Washington may choose to fight every day against the interests and beliefs of the American people, my administration is standing up for the American people like no administration has in many, many years. You forgot the American people you totally forgot the American people this week every every week, I really can say of my presidency we're standing up for American prosperity, American security, and the American way of life and together with our friends and partners we're building a more peaceful, prosperous, and promising future. We have a uh, tremendous relationship now with a lot of nations that are very happy with What's going on? And that includes in South America, where they've been so helpful, where nobody thought this would be possible. The relationship with Mexico, as an example, or El Salvador, or Honduras, or Guatemala. Nobody even knew about it. Yet we sent them hundreds of millions of dollars. And all we got back was caravans of people pouring in. We had tremendous... We had tremendous, it was terrible. And we've got that stopped, and the countries are now helping us. And we stopped those payments, by the way. We don't pay those countries that money anymore. But I will tell you, if they're as good as they seem to be, they're really doing a job on crime and stopping the wrong people from leaving and coming to the United States. We'll be helping them a lot with economic development projects and other things. So with that, we had a tremendous three days. It was beautiful to see uh... made a lot of new friends uh... i read you a list of all the countries i saw pretty much one on one and uh... it's been very busy but it's been very very fruitful so we could take a couple of questions i'd love some questions on some of the things that we accomplished at unga instead of the witch hunt the phony witch hunt questions which i know that's what you want to ask because uh, it's probably better for you but it's not better for the country so maybe we'll take a few uh, a few questions, please Thank you, Mr.
6: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. You've suggested
13: that you didn't do anything wrong in, in the course of your conversations with the Ukrainian president. Um, but. Can you explain to the American people why it is appropriate for an American president to ask a foreign leader for information about a political rival and what you would have said if you discovered that Barack Obama perhaps had asked a foreign leader for information about you before the campaign for the
12: presidency? Well, that's what he did, isn't it, really, when you think about it. Look, that whole witch hunt was started, and hopefully that will all come out. But there have been some fantastic books written that just came out, whether you uh, look at Greg Jarrett or... uh, McCarthy's book that just uh, just came out recently and so many other books. I mean, a lot of books are coming out. When you start reading those books, you see what they did to us. What they've done to this country is a disgrace. They've hurt this country very badly. And no other president should have to go through what I've gone through. Uh, the uh, president, the new president of Ukraine is looking to stop corruption Uh, There's a lot of corruption going on and there was corruption. I just told you about senators that threatened him with votes and no money coming into Ukraine if they do things. That's really what people are trying to say that I did. But the only difference is I didn't do it. You take a look at that call. It was perfect. I didn't do it. There was no quid pro quo. But there was with Biden and there was with these senators uh, and uh, they threatened. They said, you do this, you do that. We're not going to give you votes. That's that's the real deal. So we have a, an honest group of people that have been maligned. And, you know, it's a lot of people say, I'll do I'll do even better. I'm very happy. Yesterday, I guess we had a, a 53 poll and a lot of people say add 10 points to anything. Anybody voting for Trump, you can add any time you get a poll, you can add 10 points or seven points or six points. Take it any way you want. But I don't know if I consider that to be a compliment. But in one way, it is a compliment. And I guess that's what happened in the last election. Far more people came to vote than anybody thought possible.
13: So, so why should the American people then be comfortable with an American president asking a foreign leader for information about American citizen?
12: Well, I think you and could look campaign. at your senators and you can look at Biden and you can look at all these other people. But what we're looking for is corruption. A An investigation started called the Russian witch hunt, affectionately. And it was a total phony scam. It was set up by people within the government to try and stop somebody from getting elected. And after that, per, after that person, namely me, won, and convincingly won at 306 to 223 in the Electoral College, which, by the way, when you run a race, if you're running Electoral, you know, if you go by the college, Electoral College, that's a much different race than running popular vote. And it's like the 100-yard dash or... The mile. You train differently. And I can't help it that my opponent didn't go to Wisconsin and should have gone much more to Michigan and Pennsylvania and other places, but that's the way it is. We won an election convincingly, convincingly, and then you had the text message on, well, if she doesn't win, we've got an insurance policy. How bad was that? You know what the insurance policy, that's sort of what has been taking place over the last number of years, the insurance policy. Now, There are a lot of very dishonest people. Uh, We're the ones that played it straight. And you know what? The millions of people out there that are looking at what's going on, those people understand it. They see it, and they think it's disgusting. And our people are being hurt, and our country is being hurt. When a Nancy Pelosi allows her position to be taken over by radical far-left socialists, or worse... Uh, That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, especially when the senators and all of these other people have actually done what they're accusing me of doing, which I didn't do. Uh, I'm going to have Mike Pompeo say a couple of words. I'm going to have Steve Mnuchin say a couple of words, and then we'll do a couple of more questions.
11: Mr. President, I thought I'd I'd start by talking about Iran. We had a a productive week. Uh, We saw the Europeans... Uh, take a position uh, with respect to the attacks that took place in Saudi Arabia, making clear this was Iran, uh, just as President Trump and I had been saying, uh, and have now joined us in saying that the existing JCPA framework is just not going to work, it's not going to solve the world's problems, it's not going to create Middle East stability. Uh, then we had a good set of meetings with our Middle East allies as well. The President joined uh, for a meeting of the GCC where we talked again about how we can uh, help deter, uh, we want peace. We want a peaceful resolution with the Islamic Republic of Iran. We're hoping we can get that way. Um, In the end, it'll be up to the Iranians to make that decision or whether they'll choose violence and hate. And as the president said in his speech yesterday to the General Assembly, if their bloodthirst will continue. We hope that's the night. We hope we can get the opportunity to negotiate with them and get an outcome that's good for both them, for the United States, to make sure that they never have a nuclear weapon and that they can't foment their terror with ballistic missiles and in the way they have all around the world. And I think we made real progress uniting the world on that here over these past few days. Thank you.
12: Thank you.
8: As Secretary Pompeo said uh, on Iran, we had very good discussions with all of our allies about the sanctions program, which is the maximum pressure and unity on the sanctions program. The Europeans made it very clear they would not do anything without our consent. And then on the economic front, we had the entire economic team here for all the meetings. Secretary Ross, Larry Kudlow, Ambassador Lighthizer uh, just left uh, to go back to D.C. He's working hard on trying to get USMCA passed. Uh, But we had a a lot of productive discussions, the Japanese trade deal, and a lot of discussions on investing in the U.S., uh, more jobs in the U.S., and more trade. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead, please.
12: Thank you. Christina Partzinellis, Fox Business. I want to focus on markets because I'll leave it to everybody else to talk about impeachment. Markets reacted positively after you spoke about China and that it would happen soon. All right.
3: So let's get back to what the president is saying. He's answering some questions on impeachment. Let's go right back to that real quickly.
12: Washington because they wanted to make the United States and the world a better place. And they went home. They were dark. They got hit by Mueller subpoenas. I think there were 2500 subpoenas or some ridiculous number 500 people were interviewed and yet they don't interview joe biden and his son if you're a democrat you have automatic protection that's years and years of people putting in certain people into positions Uh, but when you look at all of the um, all of the trauma that these fakers have caused. And the press, look, the press is, much of the press is not only fake, it's corrupt. These stories they write are corrupt. They're so wrong. And they know that. You know, it used to be, I used to get great press until I ran for politics. I mean, I used to be the king of getting good press. I was very good at it. And I got good. I mean, they covered me well for what otherwise I probably wouldn't be here. And once I ran, I said, boy, this is incredible. But if you see the way they treat... My family used to be treated great. Uh, My family worked so hard. Uh, The people that work with me, these people, all of these people, they work so hard. They've done such a good look. We have the greatest economy we've ever had. We have a military two and a half trillion dollars. We've rebuilt our military. You don't hear the vets complaining. We got choice approved. It couldn't be approved. But when you see what happened with the viciousness And when you see little Adam Schiff go out and lie and lie and stand at the mic, smart guy, by the way, stand at the mic and act like he's so serious. And then he goes into a room with Nadler and they must laugh their asses off. They must laugh their asses off. But it's so bad for our country. Uh, People have said Rush Limbaugh, great man. Sean Hannity said it. A lot of people have said it. Mark Levin they said they don't know of one man anywhere in the world with all the men they know or woman that could handle what I've had to handle. And I think that's true, but I handle it. To me, it's like putting on a suit. All right, uh, how about one more uh, question? Question on the economy. A question on the economy. Go ahead. Go ahead.
6: Hi, Mr. President. VPI TV from Venezuela, Caracas, good, Venezuela. Good. Wow. Yeah.
12: How are you doing over there? Pretty bad. Yeah. Our situation pretty bad. I would say pretty, pretty bad, bad, yeah. Sad. Yeah. But we are fighting. And it was one of the great countries and one of the richest countries not so long ago, yeah. 15 years ago. It's incredible. But we are going to make it. <laughs> right. I agree with that. And we're, and we're helping you. Yeah. We're I, helping you.
6: Yeah, I know. And thank you. Go ahead. I have two questions to, uh-huh. to take advantage of this. Maduro traveled to Russia and Diostado Cabello to North Korea, two of the most antagonist nations in the U.S. interests. What can be done to contain this? What are they looking for in that country? And because the special envoy, Mr. Abrams, said that the Russians are willing to negotiate it, this is one question and the other, Mr. President,
3: and, uh, the president said just one more question. It had to be on the economy and the lady from Venezuela is asking that question. So let's get back to uh, our show here locally. Uh, I, I, I sit and listen to the president and he makes me laugh because he just lays it out in front of everybody and, That whole thing about Schiff and Nadler made me laugh. It really did, about them being in a room by themselves, (laughs) laughing their butts off. Anyway, uh, you got a 96% chance. That's a 96% chance of losing uh, $111,000 in Social Security benefits. That's according to new research in Bloomberg. 96% of Americans lose $111,000 in Social Security benefits because they take their benefits at the wrong time. Now, we have a workshop you can go to called Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas here in Little Rock. There is one more workshop available to you, and it's uh, for Thursday night. That's tomorrow night, the 26th. Registration, just $20, and the seats are selling fast. In fact, they may be almost sold out. They had a sold-out presentation last night. I talked to David Lucas uh, last evening If you've saved $250,000, register now by calling 501-653-6690. The workshop will reveal the little-known strategies that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours. That number, again, is 501-653-6690, or you can register for your seat tomorrow night online at davidlucasfinancial.com. We have a full studio right now. Uh, Joe is here, and Duck is back in the saddle again. How you doing, Bud? Just fine. You're doing good. You yeah, had, just fine. They they took care of your knee, right? Yeah. Okay. Two weeks ago Monday. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Two weeks ago Monday, and you're walking around now.
14: Yeah, with a cane. Yeah. Well i got off the walker today i don't i don't see you leaning on it i just see you kind of using it you no know? they they told me it's, it's more for balance than anything okay just to make sure i keep my balance and you know to make sure that i don't stumble or nothing like that for a while
3: well i i was glad just to see it didn't have a white tip on it because of course that would have it meant you <laughs> i thought maybe
2: you <laughs> had that cane so you just knock people out of the way yeah, it's yeah. a pretty good idea just do, do that it.
3: Right. yeah jerry Rocus here from bumper to bumper jerry you brought a special guest in with you lean up that mic tell us who we got here
0: well dave we got uh brian dean he's our vice president of purchasing for um parts warehouse incorporated actually replacement parts incorporated parent company name so brian uh he's been with us several years already and doing he's done a great job in our purchasing department making sure we got the right merchandise Keeping the vendors where they need to be, so that's who we have here. I'm going to let him do the talking on on his part. Okay, so okay.
3: I've got an important question. Sure, last name is Dean, right? Yes, Rick. it is. Any relationship nope. to the to the actor James Dean? <laughs> no,
13: my father was James Dean, but not the same. No, one. not the same one. Close. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you could only hope. Yeah, there was to be have great. been some kind
3: of money that came down, as far as that's concerned. Well, tell us exactly what your job is.
13: Uh, my job is to uh, uh, work with all the vendors, but more importantly than that, de- determine what we're going to carry in our stores and our warehouses, so what's our offering going to be to the uh, to the installer customers we have as well as the general public, <coughs> um, create the philosophies on how we stock uh, certain lines of product, and then we go out and work with the suppliers to get the, the best programs we can get to, to keep us and our customers competitive um, in a very competitive aftermarket.
3: Yeah, I was talking, the gentleman that was here last week, what was what was Mike, Mike he? Aubrey. Yeah, yeah, Mike Aubrey who was here, and he was explaining how artificial intelligence now is used by you all to make sure that you have all the parts that you need to have because it can look at all the information and tell you which parts you need before yeah, you even yeah. need them.
13: Yeah. Mike's on my team, and he does, he does a great job. But uh, for our store inventories in particular, we need all the information we can get to put uh, what we call the most predictive inventory on the shelf at our stores. So when our installer customers call, we've got the part uh, available to sell off the shelf because speed to market or speed to them is, is the biggest thing uh, that, that defines us or differentiates us from our competitors.
3: Yeah, because the sooner you get somebody out of the bay at their facility— And they can put somebody else in there. They make money, and you make more money. But
14: another thing too, Dave. A lot of people don't want to wait to tomorrow. Well, no, nobody
3: wants to. The longest waiting period people want now is six seconds.
14: Yeah. Did you see that? Got it done. Yeah.
3: Why isn't it finished already? I mean, that—that's right. They want it now. Yeah. That's really tough.
13: So we use information including, you know, we go down to the zip code around our stores to get the uh, the uh, the VIO, which is the, the car park we call it, but what vehicles are uh, in that trade area so we can stock our parts. We get a lot of information on uh, what's the average failure rate on parts, so that tells us, you know, there's X amount of chances in this trade area that this part's going to fail. Do we put that one on the shelf or not?
2: Yeah, we uh... – <coughs> We talk a lot about bumper to bumper having quality automotive parts. Explain a little bit about the difference between the parts that you would stock and some that they would see online at some of those places or oh in some Lord. of the discount parts places. Right. The quality right. of the parts. Online,
13: what, you see any part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what you're seeing online. That's that's the whole thing. There is, uh, you know, we do we do business with 143 different vendors, uh, suppliers of parts, and the first thing that 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 we talk about in the purchasing team all the time is our first concern is quality. So there's different grades of quality out there. We prefer name brands. Uh, our customers prefer name brands because they're proven year after year, decade after decade that it's high quality part. It's uh, meets OE standards and that's what we want to put out there. A lot of times today you're you're hearing names that you've never heard before if you know anything about auto parts names, but it's all private label parts. So a lot of those private label parts you can counter coming from foreign sources. Uh, China is, uh, is uh, probably the biggest producer of auto parts <clears throat> to the US in private label. And private label is gaining because you can control, a, you can use two or three different suppliers to uh, use in your private label. Instead of having one supplier where you know exactly what's going on, you as a customer mm-hmm. might not understand that that part that you're getting that says, uh, you know, Bill's front end parts could be coming from three or four different suppliers and that could be coming from China or Malaysia or Taiwan or or Mexico. And that's you know. not
3: good because in each of those places I'm sure how well they keep track of you know how well those parts are being made is different.
13: It is. It is. There's there's no question about that. They'll give them engineering specs and everything else, but I've been to the factories in China. I've, I've spent a lot of time over there and been through uh, over 100 factories in China and uh, they're not they don't always do what they say that they're going to do consistently so you've got to constantly inspect the expect that's what we rely our suppliers to do we're inspecting the product if it comes in if we're using a private label if we're using somebody from overseas we really prefer to do business with with the brand name auto parts uh, companies out there that are are tested and proven over time that they've got high quality parts so if you're shopping online you know just you got to be careful because you don't know for sure what you're getting in the box well most
2: folks are just looking at the price
13: Yes, they are. And so that's like, what
2: we battle right there. Why right. is your part higher, and this one I can buy for this amount, and they look identical? Well, they're not identical.
13: Right. No, because, they're not. Yeah. They're not. Often, you can just put them on a scale, and you find out that they're and not that's identical. That's correct. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna weigh different because there's less metal, or it's a different kind of metal, uh, or there's certain parts that they just don't bother putting back on there because that adds cost to the product.
2: Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, uh, we we talked a, a lot about last week about the PartsMaster brand, which is y'all's brand yes and and the difference between it and you know and don't get me wrong i probably can say it you can't but you know a moog wheel bearing Maybe. assembly mm-hmm. and a parts wheel bearing assembly have the same number so that technically they're the same part well
13: technically, technically. they're the same part number okay <laughs> so but but not the same part no mm-hmm. now they're made from and, and again it's different specifications on those products some of those products in moog are made around the world all of the parts master are made in one part of the world and that's in in china mm-hmm. and uh it's a good product but it, it you know if i was going to put it on my car i'd put the MUG on that's that's the bearing i want because i know the specifications that they're putting in there and 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 i can expect to get the longevity out of that part and it to be able to work the way it was designed to work when that car rolled out of the factory
2: okay and now we talk a little bit about parts master and, and oil filters Wix makes those for Parts Master.
13: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, it, you know, we, uh, uh, the Parts Master oil filter is, uh, is, is a good filter. And we use the Parts Master label on there so we can offer the value to our customers, particularly to our installer customers, because you've got to be competitive out there. You guys have to be competitive on an oil change because you've got mm-hmm. the quick lube shops and everything else out there. So we work strongly and closely with Wix, and we're, we're to their facility once or twice a year and talking with them about what are they putting into that filter, how does that compare to a Wix filter, more importantly how does that compare to other private label filters that are out there on the market today.
2: And they're coming out with the, the uh, synthetic filter next, right?
13: We're really excited about that. It's, it's really, it's, uh, it, I think it's going to be only the second uh, oil filter to come out that's actually going to say synthetic on the box mm-hmm. and on the can and it's designed specifically for synthetic oil.
3: Alright, we're going to take a break. Okay. And you can tell us what's the difference between a regular oil filter and a synthetic oil filter. When we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, the answer. All right, we're back. Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, the folks from Bumper to Bumper are here like they are every Wednesday. Typically, it's Joe and it's Duck. Yep. It has been just Joe the last few weeks, but Duck decided <laughs> to finally make an appearance again, and he's here today. Yep. Got a new knee as well. Brand new very cool and is it feeling better than
14: what you had all the pain when it was yeah. bad yeah that part does i okay. mean it's it don't pop and creak and it. Don't, i don't hear it, i don't feel <laughs> no rock under my kneecap <laughs> well that's good yeah it that's good uh, but it is it, it, working better it's it's they said about six weeks before i really get the full yeah. effect of it but
2: no, you, considering oh, and, it was two weeks monday Okay. replacement parts are pretty cool if you got a good one yeah, yeah, that's
10: true
0: you got do you have the chinese made or what i'm just wondering if you got a bumper to bumper warranty on it i tell you what the cool part was they put a grease fitting in it
14: cool. <laughs> no i ain't got no grease fitting i got a can you put some wd-40 there you, in it. you okay. on I'll the it a little bit there i'll tell you what the cool part about it was they sent me over to this place and they they made a 3d image of it and the part that's in my knee is made for my knee, for, you know. Specifically. Yeah, they took that 3D image off of it, and somehow or another they made it, and the robot put it on. Well, a robot made it, too. That's oh, I'm sure it did, yeah. I'm sure, but, uh, you know, but the deal is, you know, used to they had them, they just had to kind of match them. He said, now it's made for your leg. You ever how your wow. leg is? It's made yeah. for you. He used to open
2: it's boxes bad. and say, "This one looks the closest." Yeah, <laughs>
14: that's about the truth of it. it, it, it was. No more guessing. Yeah, and that's yeah, what he was. told me. Because I asked questions. Because you know the only thing he asked. Yes, yeah, your knee. You, you asked want me questions. to make you a video of this? I told him no. Yeah, yeah they Don't always do no that. Don't need no video of it. It's just fine. Just
3: just make it quit hurting. When they get, when I had my quintuple open heart, they wanted to know if I wanted to look at a video. I said, I don't want to look like a, you know, a reject from Alien. <laughs> you know, there's no way I wanted to see. Laying there that. cut wide open, and oh faces laying God. out on the ground. No, I don't think I want to How see. We
14: dropped Dave's heart. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Watch.
3: <laughs> Catch juggle, it, you know, playing a juggle all over the place. All right, we've got folks from uh, bumper to bumper in here. Jerry, again, uh, you've brought somebody with us. I'll let you uh, introduce them to us again.
0: Brian Dean, he's our Vice President of Purchasing for uh, Parts Warehouse, our warehouse division actually for Replacement Parts Incorporated. Brian comes with quite a bit of experience with us. Um, uh, he's had experience with the other folks, the other side, our parts The dark side. If you could yes. call it that. But anyway, <laughs> he's uh, he's got a lot of experience. He's done a lot of good for the company, uh, making sure that we've got the parts on the shelf, we've got the right amount of parts. You know, the old thing in purchasing, I think Brian can attest to this, is the th- the job of a buyer either he don't buy enough or he buys too much. That's exactly. There's no right. in between. <laughs> but anyway, he's done a great job, and you know I'll let him uh, talk to you about you know, about all the things he does and what he does to make our help make our company successful. The best so.
3: way to explain this about Brian is if you were a Star Wars fan, at one time he was a member of the Sith, <laughs> and then and then he came. To the right side. That's right. Yeah. that's exactly he's, right. He's a Jedi now, just like Joe is. Joe, Joe is my Jedi mechanic over here. You know, he's part of the Knights. He's got a lightsaber. Here. Yes.
2: Let's
13: move on. We were talking about <laughs> we were Go talking ahead. about oh, parts
2: master weird. and and the quality of those parts and and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, him.
13: I wanted I wanted to clarify that because you had asked the question on on you know what you buy online <clears throat> and when I was talking about private label, that was in general. Uh, there's there's different types of private label out there. We take a lot of time and uh, energy to ensure that the, the, the product that we put in our private label, the Parts Master box, is quality product. So uh, uh, because we don't want to sell anything to any customer that's not good quality. Like I said, everything we determine on product, whether we're going to carry it or stock it, is quality first. So when we look at the, at the Parts Master, we've been to the factory that makes the product and we've, uh, we've certified that factory, either myself or someone else on the team has gone there uh, or with the buying group that we're with. So we know how they make the product and, and how they can do yeah. the, the repeatability is my big thing from a quality standpoint. How can they make this one and the one from 5,000 from now the exact same? And if I can see that and they can show us that, then they can talk about the quality product. So whenever we're looking at a, at a parts master product, we're looking at how are they on specs versus ZOE product, and how consistent are they on their manufacturing process? Because we want to put the best product we can in that parts master box and something that, that, that you can be, you know, proud to put on a car and certainly be satisfied that you've got a quality product when you install it.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's great. I like that. And that's why we, uh, as, you know, bumper-to-bumper certified service centers, we don't hesitate a bit about pulling something out of a box that says parts master on it because he just explained to you why. It's a quality product.
3: Yeah, it is proven, and I'm sure you follow how many parts fail per thousands and things of that nature? You know what's quality and what's not.
13: Oh yeah, I guarantee you that uh, we look at we look at all warranties uh, with a you know with a microscope to find out uh, what issues we have or if something's going on.
14: So I got a question. When you go over, here, we're like, down to
3: thirty seconds. You can ask your question. We'll answer yeah. it after the break.
14: You know, when you go over to China, how do you certify these people? Do you physically look at the stuff for yourself?
3: Now, right, Brian, I'm going to ask you to okay. hold, all right? Hold your, hold your powder. We'll come back and talk about that because that's an interesting question. How do they, you know, guarantee that they're doing it the way that you want it done? So we'll get to that. We got news coming your way. We you got a minute of news to bring you up real quickly about what's happening around the world. And we'll be back to talk more about parts in your car. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show we've got the folks in from Bumper to Bumper today. Joe and Duck are here. Uh, Brian Dean is here. He's one of the people who keeps track of all the parts and makes sure that they're in, you know, they're kept up to snuff. He goes around the world and even tricks on them, make sure that they're making them right. So let's go back to the question that, that Duck left us with, and that is, how do you know that you're getting the the type of part that you want, and I kind of let the cat out of the bag in what I just said, but I'll turn it over to you, Brian, to talk
13: about it. Okay, thanks. Uh, two things you really need to do is, is first of all, find out are the specifications, what the supplier, the manufacturer says they are, and we do that, and we check that with uh, independent testing labs here in the United States. So we'll, we'll get finished product from them, and we'll send it out to an independent lab, and we'll have it tested and we'll get the specs back and how it matches up to OE and also how it matches up to what the manufacturer told us it was going to be. And the second way to do is we'll go to the factory. Um, Regardless of where the factory is, uh, China is where the majority of them are, but we've been to Malaysia, we've been to Korea and Taiwan uh, as well looking at factories Uh, because you've got to be able to see the manufacturing process to determine – uh, what is their consistency? So they can talk quality. They can have a quality person there. But what, what I look for is repeatability. You know, how do they make that same part the same way over every over single and over. time? And then they can talk about what the quality aspects are that they're building into that product. So so when we're, we're eyes on, hands on in the factory, that's what we're looking for is uh, how are they doing it. And And if you go through enough factories, you start to understand what to look for. Uh, on what's good and what to look for on what might not be good <laughs> and uh, what's behind the door. And <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> what's behind the, the second door. That's exactly right. So it, uh, we're, we're pretty thorough when we go through there and look at that. But we really uh, rely a lo- as well on the testing. So, uh, uh,
3: You were explaining some things that you do to make sure that you get a real view of these places that you go to. You guys do a few little tricks.
13: Tricks. Well, yeah, there's a few things that we do. We, uh, You know, we usually we usually travel with four or five people. Uh, and, and when we're over there, we're there for 10 or 11 days. It, it's busy. We have a Sunday off in the middle because uh, the factories are closed. Other than that, we're going the whole time. So, uh, so when we go through a factory, uh, usually we have a, a quality person and some sort of salesperson is, is showing us through the factory uh, and the manufacturing process from start to finish. So it's good to have a group like that because uh, – We've got enough guys that are, that are experienced that they'll kind of drift off by themselves, and they'll be looking at stuff that that, the, that they're not showing us on the tour, or they'll be looking at specific <laughs> things. It's so amazing, even if you're looking at, at paperwork in Chinese, mm-hmm. that if if you have an idea, numbers are the same; they're not really that much different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you can look when you're looking at quality control sheets and stuff like that. You can pick up trends pretty easily once you get used to what you're looking for. So we're kind of we're kind of looking for you know is there is there i said earlier is there an ugly baby in here somewhere <laughs> no you don't want to wool pull over here. No, because they know you're coming so
3: they could always prepare for your you know
13: tour and, and they do yeah and, you know they're always going to you know shine everything up make it look good and and sweep the floors and everything else and uh, but you really dig into the process and and we've seen factories that uh that we didn't buy anything from and we mm-hmm. would not buy anything from and so we took a pass and usually, uh, you know, we'll look at, at four or five different factories on a certain product line, and we may come up with one that we'll buy from. In some cases, we've, we've said, no, we don't like any of these. Yeah. So. so when you say, I don't like any, what do you do then? Just keep looking? We keep looking. That's exactly okay. right. That's exactly right. So we'll go back again, and we'll start the process over uh, and, and, and go from there. Or, you know, if it's something that they're, that they're doing that we think they can affect a change, then we'll go ahead and work with them to affect the to get change. It to get it to like the way you want it. Then we'll go back and, and inspect it again to make sure that that's what they're doing. So
3: Yeah, just so everybody understand, you know, that's just not for the overseas people. That's for everybody
13: that makes your parts. Yes, exactly. Exactly. If uh, if it's Moog or if it's uh, uh,
3: Wagner. All right, Bruce is up in Greenbrier, has a question for you guys. Yeah, Bruce.
15: Hi. uh
0: Two-part question. You guys talking about oil filters. I've got a late 15 Duramax. Um, What is your opinion on the Caterpillar oil filter conversion for it? And also, at a long idle, like 20 minutes or more, I get a P0640 code, which says intake air heater. Yep. Is that something that I can look at myself or something I need to like take to Joe or Doug?
14: You got to take it to someone of us because you got to have a scanner to look at it and go in there to see what it's actually doing. You can take the okay. scanner and look at it and see if it is coming on or if it's not coming on. Uh, it could be the module that's causing it and it could be the switch itself causing it. As far as okay. the uh-huh. Caterpillar oil filter conversion kit, I've only put one of those on and the guy I put it on told me he wished he never had it did matter of fact, okay. he's been discussing with me about putting it back to, like it was. Okay. You know, uh, I mean, I that's, that's, call, guys. like I say, no, right. I only did Appreciate one of call. them, so I can't tell you nothing else about it. All
2: right. Thanks, Bruce. Good question. That's Bruce, Bruce. how you get your answers. Thanks, you call Bruce.
3: in, and you, these guys give you the answers. Uh, we got time. If you got more calls, 823-0965. I didn't get the phone number because we have Brian here, and we wanted to talk to him about how they make sure that you keep the – parts at bumper to bumper the superlative parks that they are
14: so Brian, They're the best out of a 365 day a year take the weekends off how many days do you spend just looking at factories just curiosity
13: um, well not as much as i used to but probably um i'll probably be in in, in eight or nine factories a year so when you um, go into a factory that's a lot
14: how, yeah how they take you to go into a factory and say okay yeah we can buy from these people or no we're not going to buy because i know you have to go through and look at everything to make sure everything is up to where it needs to be
13: i do if it, if it's a new factory particularly if i'm not familiar with with the manufacturing for that mm-hmm. particular type of part uh it, i'm gonna like to spend five or six hours in a factory just walking going and through in. it they, you know usually they like to take you on a tour hour two hours and, and you're done but uh, i like to ask a lot of questions and see a lot of things and I like to talk to the people that are working the line as well because uh, their attitude and the way they, they feel about the company and the parts they're making uh, are pretty Tell, important. It tells a big, big story of what's going on, you know. Because if the employers are not happy, guess what?
14: Yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to get burnt. They're not giving 100%, probably. Exactly.
13: No, they're not. We went to a, a, a Moog a chassis factory in Boaz, <laughs> Alabama a couple of years ago. And overall, I've got to say that was the most engaged enthused uh team of people working in that factory that I, that i've ever seen anywhere else i was extremely impressed with it they took pride in what they did and they had no qualms in telling you about that and what they did and if you just talk to them about how long they'd worked in that factory it was not only them having longevity but it was them and and other people in their family maybe their parents maybe a brother sister so it's passed
14: you know it's passed on down to the kids you know yeah. from the parents to the kids you know that that's tells a whole lot when you walk into a place and people can talk to you you know and and you can ask questions you know it makes a world of difference when you go in to buy something you know when people you know in your situation hey look what do you think about this what do you think about that and if they if they can stand up and tell you up front hey this is a good product okay then you kind of get some idea of what's going on
13: it is and then i can stand up and tell you guys yeah in a a bumper bumper certified service center that hey this is the best quality product you can put on a vehicle
2: well you know I, I, as an installer and, and owning a garage since 1986 uh you know parts are half the job because you can put a cheap part on and and do and, and do a perfect labor job but it's not going to last mm. if right. you put a quality part on there and do a quality job in installing it that's the best you can do right there right. Now, everybody's going to have part failures. Everybody's going to have human error installing stuff. But we backed that up with the 2024 warranty. Yes. Parts and labor. So, you know, you can't get much better than that.
13: Our, our goal is to make sure you only do that job one time. That's what we like. And you don't have one to do that time. any other. So we Servi- get, service is a difference. I mean, that's kind of our uh, mantra that we that we go with. And mm-hmm. and that you have to have something to differentiate. It's parts are parts in a lot of cases. And you can buy... The same brand from a lot of different people but we think it's a service uh that we give and, and the same thing with you know having the right part on their shelf for you yeah when getting, you need it yeah, in
2: a timely manner you know it's and and you know just like you were talking about gates and and move and and uh, monroe and all of them if you go down the list of your name brand parts just like standard motor products i've been to their r&d center up in new york
10: yeah.
13: Hey,
2: those guys take pride in what they do. Yes, they do. They build stuff and then tear it back apart, see if they can improve it.
13: Yes. Mm-hmm. And they
2: take OEM parts and dissect them and say, I- we can do this better than they've been doing it. And they- they'll upgrade that part. And, you know, that's that's awesome stuff. It really is.
13: It is. It is. And, and, and they'll, they'll shout it out. But then it's our job to shout it out to y'all mm-hmm. so you know what that is. You can tell your customer.
0: Didn't they just celebrate their hundredth year too? two
13: standard motor products? As yeah, a matter of fact, they did. they did. We were 100 years old in uh, yeah. April of this year, and they were uh, 100 years old in April this year.
3: So. Well, as people listen and they hear what you all do to make sure that the quality parts that are being put on their cars are truly quality parts, it's how people stay in business for a 100 years, doing the stuff that Brian's doing and a lot of other people are doing from bumper to bumper.
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of folks that make parts that they're fly by nights. You'll see them for a couple of years and then they're out of here because their parts didn't hold up. And, and you know, you, you can sell something once, but if you sell it 10,000 or 10 million times, you've done something.
13: Yes, yes, and and we want to make sure that we've got the best part for our, for our customers because if we if we don't, then we're not going to be in business long. So that's always been uh, the most important thing uh, to, to the uh, to the company and to the family is to make sure that we've got the best product available for our customers. Well, that's why we like doing business with you guys, isn't it, Doug? Yes, and and,
14: and another thing too about that, Joe, is we got Jerry. If we need something, we call him. You know, we got James. Any of them salesmen, we can call. And they take care of us. I mean, they absolutely. If they don't know, we'll have Jerry to call you. <laughs>
13: <laughs> well, one of the things that we take a lot of pride in is he is, does. The, is the quality of the salespeople that we have and the knowledge that they have, and we think that that kind of sets us aside as well because these guys are these guys are experts, and if you have a question, they can answer it for you. And if for some reason they can't, they know how to find an answer real fast. So,
2: yeah, it's a good deal. Uh, you know, you you guys are coming out with a new line of wiper blades too on Parts Master, aren't you?
13: Uh, well, we've got the the uh, perfect view wiper yeah. blades, which is a beam blade. Yeah, uh, it's made for us by Bosch. And, yeah, and, uh, a in beam, fact, a
3: beam blade. What is that?
13: A beam blade is a solid blade instead solid. of the old where you you know you would take the insert out and replace right. it in the past, or the one that kind of looks like a spider that's got, got two got or three different, different arms, arms. Oh, on each okay. one. Right. Beam blade has been OE on cars for probably the last uh, eight to ten years, uh, virtually all cars. But it's just a single blade; it cleans better. Uh, again backward compatible but the conventional blade isn't forward compatible so yeah uh, but it's 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 a top well, quality product for
14: and another for thing a too when you get in ice and snow it helps you know keeps them from freezing then you got a big spot right in the middle that that don't don't wipe off yeah yes been That's there correct. done that yeah and you get out and pop them then you bust your windshield <laughs> <laughs> then you get upset
2: well yeah. those <laughs> single beams are arrow which means that they're designed that when air hits them it forces it down on forces the windshield. them down yeah. Right. Yeah. right makes right. it makes it do a better job and they clean better so
3: mm-hmm. yeah. cool that's the what you need to be asking for then mm-hmm. all right because i you guys know the one that i use duck you definitely know the mm-hmm. one i use so yeah i just that sounds like i need to try it yep that's what i'll do i'm sure i'll get one when i go over to joe again and have to have new (laughs) wiper blades put on
2: we'll fix you up dave all
3: right (laughs) we're out of time guys i appreciate you you coming in jerry thanks for bringing brian in with us no problem thanks for coming in sitting in front of the microphone i know that that's not in your job description (laughs) but we do appreciate you coming in and explaining all this to the listeners
13: well thanks for having me i appreciate it
3: all right thank you take a break robert steinbach is next Guess what we're going to talk about? If you said the I word, you're right. You get a gold star. We'll be back with more in just a moment. All right, we're into the final hour now. You who are heading home right now know that there is an accident out on uh Yeah, 67167, out uh, a little bit north of Sherwood. It's got things slowed up. I just got a ding on my phone saying, you may I want to come this way. Okay, well, that's fine. Okay. I hope it's cleared up by the time I get ready to leave. All right, so the impeachment saga continues. And uh, the president had a press conference today. You heard it live here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me promise this to you right now. If there's breaking news during my show about the impeachment and what's going on, we will go to it live if we can, if somebody's carrying it live, so that you can listen to it. You need to hear this stuff when it happens, so that you're not going to hear it after it's been all homogenized by uh, the mainstream media, and they pick out what they want to be the main narrative and uh, and just play that. To start off today, and by the way, Robert Steinbach is here. Hello, Dave. Good to have him here. Good uh, to be remember, here. his opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of UALR or the Bowen School of Law. I ask him to come today. Because uh, impeachment is a serious, serious thing. It's a constitutional thing. It's a political thing. And it's a legal thing. And so I wanted Robert to join us today to to clear up anything that um, comes up on the legalities of it. Newt Gingrich was talked to, and he had some words for the Democrats. And here's what he said.
7: Well, look, I think in the long run, historians will think that this is the theater of the absurd. Uh, The president, by the way, gave an extraordinary historic speech on religion and religious freedom yesterday. Uh, People I know who care deeply about that topic think it's one of the most historic speeches given by any modern president Mm -hmm. on the issue of religious liberty and God. Uh, And yet, He's surrounded, basically, by a Democratic Party which has lost its mind. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, think about what you're watching. This is the infantile stage of liberalism, which was also matched yesterday by a 16-year-old addressing the United Nations as though she knew something. Uh, Nancy Pelosi hasn't seen the transcript, hasn't interviewed the whistleblower, has no new information. And furthermore, when she starts an investigation into Ukraine, the person that's going to get clobbered is Joe Biden. Uh, If you look at Hunter Biden, his son, both in China and in Ukraine, what you're looking at is a case study in corruption. Uh, And so Nancy Pelosi should have announced an investigation. She said nobody's above the law. Well, does that include the front runner in her own party? Because if you look at what's happened, notice what the argument is. The president says, gosh, to a brand new anti-corruption reformer, which is what they have now in Ukraine, a comedian who won the race because people are so sick of the corruption. And the president says, you know, this was all being handled by the corrupt system you just beat. Why don't you check and see what happened? Now, he didn't say go make something up, Uh, but in fact, is it true that Hunter Biden's company was engaged in corrupt behavior. Is it true, for example, in China, that there's a whole weird pattern of billions of dollars happens to go to the vice president's son, who has zero skill at what he's getting? I mean, if, if his name had been Hunter Smith, he would have gotten no money at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think what Pelosi's doing is opening up a can of worms, and the largest worms are going to be Hunter and Joe Biden, uh, not Donald Trump.
3: There you go. There you go. He laid that out pretty good.
5: Of course he did. Here's, they said about um, Clinton, Bill Clinton, he was the Secretary of Explaining Things. Well, he was a Secretary of Explaining Things through a Shinola filter. Although, I've I've said many times, by the way, that overall, he was actually a good president. Not a great president. Don't get on me. Send your letters to Dave. Why was he a good president? Because he balanced the budget, and he deserves credit for that. So uh, I'm not here to applaud the Clintons. I'm here to say that honest and fair is honest and fair. And here's what happened during this telephone call. And here's what's so remarkable. It's almost difficult to see the transparent hypocrisy, the the, the transparent hypocrisy of the left uh, when they come out with these allegations. Remember, Joe Biden flies over to the Ukraine, his son is making $50,000 a year No, as a month.
3: As the vice president of the United
5: oh, States. Oh, as the vice president. Let's be clear. His son is making $50,000 a month. There are many of your listeners, Dave, who don't make that in a year. Mm-hmm. He's making $50,000 a month working for a Ukraine Ukrainian gas company. Now, of course, obviously he speaks Ukrainian. Ukrainian, no. Obviously, he's got ties to the Ukraine, no. Obviously, he's got experience being on a board of a foreign gas company, no. Hmm. What's his qualifying His credential? last name is Biden. His last name is Biden. His last name is Biden. That's exactly right. So Biden shows up and he says, there's a guy investigating the company at which my son works at. Now, he doesn't say the son part, but he says the name of the company. Correct. Which is the company. So I need you to stop him. Or I won't give you what's it like a billion dollars. One point
3: two billion. One
5: point two billion. You know, Dave, what's what's uh point two billion between France? That's right? true. So, you know, you know what they say, point two billion here, point two billion there, eventually it'll add up to real money. Um so and, and folks, that's two hundred million, by the way. Uh so the vice president of the United States makes a quid pro quo. Let me say it again, Dave. The vice president makes a quid pro quo. You fire the prosecutor that's investigating the boss of the company at which my son works, and you get the money. And you get the money. If you don't, you don't get
3: the money. Not so much.
5: You don't get the money. That's a quid pro. And and as it it doesn't fail, the main street media. I listened to it today. They say there's no evidence. There's no evidence. That Biden did it because – made that claim because of his son. Yeah, Dave, that's why you have conflict of interest law. That's why you don't put yourself in that position. I can't tell you what's inside his head, Dave. I can't do it. But let's put that aside for a moment. So that's what happens there. Then fast forward. The president talks to the Ukrainian uh, president. Yes. And he says, we are giving you this money. End of story. Right. No quid pro quo. By the way, I heard about what happened with the prosecutor and the seemingly questionable pressure put on by Joe Biden, Uh, and we've got some information about it. Uh, My attorney general has some information about it. My private attorney, Giuliani, has some information about it. Uh, I think you guys should look into that. And the press, in the same breath... Albeit they are generally breathless mm-hmm. because their faces are melting. That President Trump has been in office for three years. The same they say, "Oh well, you see, he talked about money, and then he talked about looking into something." A, there's a quid pro quo when there's not, and B, by the way, A uh, and B, he was motivated by bad intent. Wait, so Joe Biden is not motivated by bad intent when. He's looking to fire the prosecutor that's that's investigating the boss of Joe Biden's son's company. But our president, who doesn't link the two issues, is motivated by bad intent when he says, you know... It shouldn't be that foreign politicians come over and tell you guys what prosecutors to have and what not to have. And it looks like that uh, there may have been something going on that was cut short. I don't know one way or the other. Can you look into that? I think it's probably a good idea for you to look into that. That is motivated by bad intent. And apparently, by the way, you've got to go through a series of hoops to get to the alleged bad intent that they directly attribute to the president. But they bend over backwards not to attribute what would be the more obvious if you had to choose one bad intent of Joe Biden. The alleged bad intent of Donald Trump is that. If you look into it and you find that Joe Biden's son was doing something wrong or the boss was doing something wrong, who knows? Somehow that might be attributable to Joe Biden. Or if you look into Joe Biden's improper influence in pressuring the firing of the prosecutor, maybe you'll find something against Joe Biden. And in reality, says the mainstream media, that's what Trump is looking for. So they go through that series of hoops for President Trump, but it's one jump one step, one iteration only for Joe Biden because he's saying, fire the investigator that's investigating the company that has hired at an exorbitant rate my son. There, there's no connection. There's no breadcrumbs. There's no linkage whatsoever. How are they able to make that claim?
3: Because of the mainstream media. There it is. I mean, that's the bottom line. They have been doing this. Did you hear them talking about the Washington Post The headline that they had on their newspaper the day that the president was uh, inaugurated, it said, and so begins the impeachment of Donald Trump. There you go. On the day that he was inaugurated. Right. They have wanted the president since he's been elected. That's right. They wanted him out. They wanted to get him out somehow. They thought they had him with Mueller. They didn't get him. They've tried to cripple everything he's tried to do. They tried to cripple Kavanaugh. It didn't work. That's right. So now they're trying this. And I don't believe this is going to work. I think that it's not only going to hurt Biden. I think this is going to end up, it's going to be like, remember the old pictures of the people? There used to be a thing that was a little, oh, it was blonde. It was about... This long, mm-hmm. for the folks that are watching on on uh, Facebook Live, and you stuck it in the end of a cigar. Mm-hmm. And as you were smoking it, it would pop. Mm-hmm. It'd blow up, and it'd blow the end of the cigar up mm-hmm. and uh, shoot ashes all over the place and put some black stuff on the, per- on the person's face that it happened to. And There used to be pictures of that. I remember those. You know, <laughs> uh, that they did to right. people. Right. And that's how Nancy Pelosi's going to look. Right When all of this is said and done. That's right. Newt Gingrich warned her before she made this decision. He said, here's what will happen. That's right. You will lose the chairman. You will lose being uh, the chairman. You're going to lose the being speaker. The, cha- right. the Speaker That's of the right. House. You're going to lose right. your speakership. Because you're going to lose you're the House. You're going to lose the House. Right. And Donald Trump is going to be re elected president.
5: Well, D- Dave.
3: Uh, and you know how he knows? How does he know? Because he's the man who was behind the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened to mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the Republicans.
10: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So, well, it's going to happen again. We're going to watch history repeat itself. It's up with a
5: different party. Go now, Dave, and I mean this sort of rhetorically because obviously we're sitting here. Go now to your audience. I don't want you to leave this show, but turn on when the show's over CNN and listen to the commentators. They haven't read the material. They they are, you know what they're saying? Trump told the president of the Ukraine to contact Giuliani. Yeah. Why would he tell him to contact the private attorney? That's outrageous. That's politicking. I have the transcript in front of me.
3: All right.
5: Transcript I, in front I of read me. read it to us? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The first mention of Giuliani, you know who that's by? President of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The president of the Ukraine brought up Giuliani said, oh, we, we're hoping he's going to come visit. We had seen him or something. They said, um, uh, um, I'll tell you, one of my assistants spoke with Mr. Ju- Giuliani just recently, and we're hoping very much that he will come travel to Ukraine and we'll meet here once he comes to Ukraine. That's the president of the Ukraine bringing up Giuliani, not the president. Right. The first mention of Giuliani. And so, oh, the mainstream media keep Well, he, he brought up Giuliani. How dare he bring up his brother? He didn't bring up Giuliani at all. He mentions him later after, after. The He's pres-
3: asked the question, basically. Yeah, well,
5: and after the president of Ukraine has already discussed Giuliani. So right. when, when Trump says, talk to my AG, which, of course, is, uh, if you're going to do an investigation, because Trump says, you guys, you do your investigation. But I know that that the vice president chopped off a previous investigation that would have benefited his son. Who knows if it was done for that purpose, Mm -hmm. says the mainstream media, right? But I know they chopped it off. You guys, says Trump, should look into that if it needs to continue. And now I'm speaking. If it needs to continue, it continues. If it doesn't need to continue, it doesn't need to continue. And uh, and then – the president of Ukraine mentions Giuliani, and then uh, um, Trump says later on, Hey, talk to my AG. You can talk to Giuliani, who the president of Ukraine already said we've invited to come to the Ukraine. Right. He didn't bring him up at all. But you see, the commentators don't read it. It's an echo chamber. They have no idea. So they get up there this is outrageous. This is, this is. Imp- well and,
3: Pelosi yesterday right? when she announced that they were opening this impeachment uh whatever she calls it. Inquiry she calls it inquiry. There's yeah. no such thing by Here, the way. here's the bottom line. She had not read the right? transcript that right? you got right now. She has not seen right. the, the whistleblower complaint. That's right. She went off everything that she has been that's been leaked to her.
5: And you know and you know why she rushed out? Because she's being she has been pressured for the last three years. To bring an impeachment process. And she said no. And something new leaked. And the left wing of her party is saying, we're going to push you out if you don't do something. So she said, well, this is as good as anything for me to hang my hat on. Mm -hmm. She literally hadn't read any of the material because it wasn't made available to her. And she said, this is impeachable. And it's going to come back and bite them.
3: That's what I just said.
5: I I know it. If you watched what you did, the president talked. Uh, in New York City, in this press conference, you recall and I mentioned this to you off air. you recall when the president was elected, people said, "Well, I hope he starts to act presidential, but he's he 's not doing it yet yeah uh, well, put that, whether or not that's is true that he 's not doing he was ex, he was remarkably presidential in this news conference, and here 's my read on that because he knows that this impeachment process over this ukraine story it 's a winner. No, I know. It will get him reelected and it will get his coattails long. He will bring other people into office if the Dems persist in this. Moreover, I also think it's a ploy by the far left who wants warren over biden right because Bi- biden is running in the middle warren is running in the left they realize that biden is the front runner although the recent poll had him essentially neck and neck and warren with excuse me with warren but nonetheless he's a front runner he he uh, uh, the the far left of the democratic party wants to push him out so they said Let's bring up the Ukraine matter because they think it's going to hurt Trump. It's not. And it's going to hurt Biden. Warren gets the nomination. How's that for an idea? That's good. How's that for an idea?
3: Is it going to help Trump? Let me tell you how it's going to help Mm -hmm. Trump. And then we got to take our first break. Yep. Since the impeachment was announced, the Trump campaign has raised $5 million. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Well, it's even more than that. It's not only the money, well, of course, which is critical. Yeah. It's the popular support. You think people buy this claim by the left that Trump said, hey, we're sending you money. By the way, and he asked about a couple of different things. One of them, which is, as I said, uh, you guys were pressured to shut off an investigation. Why don't you look into that? Who can object to that? Always oh, say he was ill-motived. Biden wasn't. Biden's got the one-to-one connection. Trump doesn't, but Trump was ill-motived, according to the mainstream media. Biden was not.
3: All right, before we get done this half hour, David Axelrod, mm-hmm. no conservative, big-time liberal Democrat. Oh, left-winger. left-winger. Is telling the Democrats, this may not be what you want is that right? to do. interesting. I'll play that for you when we come yeah. back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got uh, 25 seconds before the news, so I'm not going to start talking about anything new. When we come back in the second half hour, Robert and I will play a piece of audio. You got to hear from 2014 and this whole thing about Hunter Biden was big news during the Obama administration. We'll bring that to you as well as what uh, Mitch McConnell had to say about this whole impeachment stupidity. Back after the news. So everybody's like saying, "What's this big deal about Joe Biden?" Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a big deal because it's been talked about, it's been written about, and it's been stonewalled since about 2014 during the Obama administration. In fact, I got a piece of audio from you for you from 2014. Here's a reporter raising this in a um, what was it, Secretary of State? Type it wasn't Hillary. It was one of her spokespeople. Here's what how it went down.
15: But I'm wondering if the State Department has any concerns or any thoughts about the vice president's son joining the board of directors of this Ukrainian gas um, gas company. Does, in particular, I understand why the White House would refer this to the vice president's mm-hmm. office. Um, but does this building, uh, diplomatically, have any concerns about potential? Uh, perceptions of conflict or slash cronyism, which is what you've often accused the Russians of uh, – the, the Russians of doing?
13: Uh No, he's a private citizen.
15: I, okay. But then – so the – do you consider that the Russian oligarchs who control – or the Ukrainian oligarchs who control these – uh they they're all private citizens as well. We certainly
4: right? wouldn't put them in the same No, I'm category not suggesting
15: then. that I'm not and I and, and, and I'm not suggesting that he, it should be in the mm-hmm. same category, but I'm wondering if there are concerns from this building about the perception of about how the Russians and or the Ukrainians would perceive um the involvement of a son of the Vice President of the United States in a, in this especially given the situation.
5: No, there are not.
15: Not. How
3: about that? How about
5: that? Let me tell you, Dave, I've been around D.C. long enough to know when you get one-word answers from spokespeople, that's because they're biting their tongue and lying. Are you concerned about Joe Biden, yada, yada, yada? Nope. Uh, isn't it rather parallel that Joe Biden... Uh, is a private citizen, excuse me, Joe Biden's son's a private citizen and so are the oligarchs, and yet you criticize the oligarchs? We don't think they're the same. Mm -hmm. Nobody said they're the same. The question is, the distinctions that you're bringing up are not legitimate distinctions. So why are you not concerned about the Joe Biden son matter? Here's the thing. I am not telling you that Joe Biden's son was... um, Involved in wrongdoing beyond the obvious fact that he was hired because he's Joe Biden's son. That's no crime.
3: As Newt as, as, right. as said, if his name had been Hunter Smith, That's right. he would not be working he wouldn't have the in job. Ukraine. Of course
5: he wouldn't have the job. Why don't we have Joe Biden answer that question? Would your son have gotten this job with no experience in Ukraine?
3: Because he's not answering any questions about this now.
5: Of course not. not you're, one. you're saying you got you to gotta look at uh, Donald Trump, says Joe Biden. And uh, by the way, I like a salad with a lot of pistachios. What? Because <laughs> he's going nuts.
3: Yeah, he is. Because
5: he's losing it.
3: Yeah, he is. He really is. By the way, we've talked about Lindsey Graham. And and by the way, that piece of audio we just played, you're not hearing that anywhere no. else except here. That's right. All right, We got a hold right. of it. And That's right. we're playing it for you. I just want you to know this goes back. Look, the New York Times did a story on this. I'm no right. new and Robert will tell you I am not a fan of the New York Times I'm in not any a fan. way. I still read say, it, and I'm not a fan. I don't even. Of I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Oh, I, I would not even make I, my I've bird got, poop I've, on I've
5: it. got buddies who stopped reading it.
3: I just well, yeah. will will no. not have anything to do with it. But the bottom line is, they did a story on this. And they said there's a lot of problems with this story.
5: That's right. That's right. We talked about that, I think, the last time I was on the air. Uh, that the New York Times said there's no... By the
3: way, that was back in May, if you want to check it.
5: Yeah. The New York Times said, we can't tell you that there was actual wrongdoing by uh, Hunter Biden, but the fact that he took this job uh, stinks, basically. And they're right. And I agree with both, by the way. I'm not trying to... Sort of morally indict or otherwise yeah. indict Hunter Biden, but the fact is Joe Biden should know better. Not only that, here's how corrupt and cronyistic the Bidens, the Obamas, and the swamp in DC is generally. Joe Biden brings his son over to the Ukraine when when he Joe Biden is traveling on official business. He brings him on 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 the vice presidential pl- plane.
3: So the, what kind of message is that right, sending That's out? the
5: point, right? But, but the fact that Trump mentions what is publicly known about how this investigation was scuttled at Joe Biden's hands to the new president after the new president compliments Trump, after the new president raises Giuliani, by the way, before, before Trump does, and, and Trump... Is the one who, well, not only do they say that that coincidence of events, I don't mean coincidence like, oh, what a chance, but meaning that the, the events happen side by side, that that in and of itself is wrongdoing. They make eight leaps to get there. Uh, they they, um, they don't do the same when it comes to Joe Biden. How is that possible?
3: He's got a D in front of his That's name. That's it. That's exactly That's it. why. Well, I wanted to play something that Lindsey Graham talked about, and then I want to play something for McConnell. Those two pieces, then Axelrod. So we're going to get all this in, yeah. and then uh, Robert's going to have some th- things that he'll want to say after uh, we've played all of this. Yeah. Let's start off with Lindsey Graham. Great stuff from Lindsey today.
4: But The one thing that I think is... Has to be dealt with here is that the son of the vice president was receiving a lot of money from the Ukraine, and some of the sources of the funds were under investigation by the prosecutor. I don't know what the right answer is. I just hope somebody will look at it, and I don't mind the president bring up the idea. Maybe the guy
6: was fired because of a conflict of interest. But how was it, it not inappropriate that the president asked the president of another country to look into a political rival who's running for election? Possibly against since we went to the um, primary I, next year. I,
4: I don't know what you looked at. I think it's very appropriate for the President of the United States to suggest that you got a corruption problem and this prosecutor that was fired maybe it was because he was corrupt or maybe because he was looking uh, looking at something close to America. Here, the Vice President's son was receiving money from the Ukraine. Was on a board of a company that was the subject of investigation. The question that got me going was, did the president of the United States suggest to the Ukraine, I will withhold money unless you go after my political rival? The answer is absolutely not. That's why I wanted the phone call to be released. I wanted Mueller to do his job and he was able to do his job. The phone call is released. Now I want to know from the whistleblower, who told you about the phone call if you were not on it yourself? Who is it in the system that went to this person? Why did they pick this person to tell about a phone call? And why did the whistleblower file a complaint about something they had no direct knowledge of? Do you want but the Senate Judiciary Committee to be involved at all in under uh, the Senate? The Senate sent it all to the Intel Committee. Okay. So, the
7: Democrats well, have asked you to bring in Attorney General Bill Barr to ask him about all of uh, it yeah, the law yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and the process yeah. behind the scenes. Will
4: you invite him? I, 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 it's my understanding that the case has been referred to the Intel Committee, but I will look at what happened here. I mean, before I knew what was in the phone call, I said, it's a privilege matter, clearly. But the aura around the phone call was disturbing. Did the President of the United States take money? that was going to the Ukraine and threatened to withhold it if he did not get help in his reelection? The answer is no. Did Joe Biden threaten to withhold money if you don't fire somebody in the Ukraine? Yes. Maybe there's a good reason to do that, but here's the the elephant in the room. The person you asked to be fired was investigating companies that your son was part of. Now, somebody needs to look at that. I don't care to look at it. Somebody outside of politics, from my point of view, Joe Biden's an honorable, decent guy, there's an obvious conflict here. It's okay to talk about an obvious conflict. But many of the Western
6: allies and uh, people like your National Monetary
4: Fund also wanted well, to prosecute removed. Yeah, did any of them have a family member working in the Ukraine? So it may be justified that this guy was corrupt. I don't know, but I do know this, that the person arguing for him to be fired had a conflict of interest. And if you don't see that conflict, you're blind. If you don't see that there's a double standard here when it comes to Trump and every everybody else. You're blind. You're willfully blind. If this had been a Republican, you would be asking, what relationship did your son's involvement in the Ukraine have to your decision to call for the guy to be fired? Did the New York Times tip off the vice president? There's an investigation that involves companies that your son may be part of. I'm not accusing them of anything, but there is plenty of conflict here that somebody should look at.
3: Wow.
5: That- that is so astute. It's right on the money, right? It's what it's what we've been talking about for for a few days now. There's a direct conflict of interest for Joe Biden. Whether or not there were, it was appropriate for that prosecutor to be fired and we don't know the answer to that, but there are people who say yes, and I'm not saying that's not uh possible. Joe Biden was not the person to deliver that message because he literally held hostage. He blackmailed, he bribed the Ukrainian government with a billion and a half dollars, 1.2, uh, and said, you're not getting this money unless you fire this prosecutor, parenthetical, who's investigating the company at which my son works and who gets $50,000 a month.
3: With that said, yeah, might not be anything there. That's right. However. Right. It smells like dead fish.
5: Right. And then you come to Trump and you read the transcript. Trump says, hey, all's going well. I wanted to congratulate you again now that you won parliament. You had previously won the presidency. Now you won essentially Congress. Uh, You know, it's as if Congress went Republican or Democrat, that kind of thing. And so Trump calls him, congratulates him on that. The president of Ukraine raises Giuliani. Oh, I look forward to seeing Giuliani. uh, Trump says... You should uh, – I know about this prosecutor who was, be, who was fired. I don't know what's going on there. You guys should look into that, and you can talk to my AG or should talk to my AG, whichever. The, I can hear the, the grumbling already. You, you should talk to my AG, and you should talk to Giuliani, who was just mentioned by the president of Ukraine. And you know what the president of Ukraine says? Yes, it's a matter of importance for us to make sure that whatever happened there, and we don't know what happened there, it was done right. Or that we fix it.
3: And we have somebody new right. looking into That's it. That's
5: right. So he he was on top of that. He said, oh, I'm aware of it. He says in the transcript, I'm aware of that issue, and I'm looking into it already. Good. Done.
3: All right. That's what we wanted. We didn't want to see that corruption on our shores. Thank you very much. Hey, David Axelrod had some things to say about this. Do me a favor. Just uh, tell me in in my headset here. Uh, Zach, how long is cut 9 and 10 if you add them together? Okay, good. We can play them together. Yeah. Just play cut 9 and cut 10 one after the other.
6: It was in their districts that there was the greatest resistance uh, to impeachment. But I think there was this sense that the cynical political thing at this juncture would be not to act. That doesn't mean there aren't risks. I think there are great risks here. And no one really knows how this is going uh, to play out. Uh, You could end up, in fact, invigorating the president's uh, chances. You could end up losing uh, many Democrats in the House if people react poorly uh, to this, and you could end up with a president reelected and unbridled uh, in his power. And that's, I'm sure, what Nancy Pelosi has been uh, mulling over for months and months and months. But I think she was left with no choice today. The cynical political thing at this juncture would be not to act. That doesn't mean there aren't risks. I think there are great risks here, and no one really knows how this is going uh, to play out. Uh, you could end up, in fact, invigorating the president's uh, chances. You could end up losing uh, many Democrats in the House if people react poorly uh, to this, and you could end up with a president reelected and unbridled uh, in his power, and that's, I'm sure, what Nancy Pelosi has been uh, mulling over for months and months and months, but I think she was left with no choice today.
3: Yeah, that's because the left forced her to do this. She she knows what he's saying right there. That's exactly what she thinks is going to happen.
5: Well, what's interesting... It's what
3: it, Newt told her is going to happen.
5: Yeah, look, I, I think that if they continue with this impeachment process, they haven't done anything, by the way. They said, well, we announced an impeachment inquiry. To start an impeachment, an actual impeachment, the House has to take a vote. An impeachment inquiry is to say, these committees are going to start thinking about it. Well, those committees have been thinking about it
3: since the day the president was
5: elected right. and as you know uh, what's the guy from new york the sort of short heavy set guy who's the chair of the judiciary committee he said a few- nadler nadler thankfully thank you um uh, nadler said several weeks ago we're doing uh impeachment stuff
3: we're laying the groundwork
5: right so this claim that she's moving a- ahead is clearly just political clap trap because they haven't actually done it now don't get me wrong that's not a complaint. It's just an observation. For them to to actually proceed with impeachment, they need to take a vote in the House, and she does not want to take that vote. But I got to tell you, Dave, and I'm not the only one saying it, and I'm not claiming I'm the original one to say it, although I, I've been saying this for months. If they take that vote, it helps Trump. It's not comfortable, but it helps Trump. And we've got the precedent for it, by the way, which was Bill Clinton. Say, well, that's not the same. Okay, listen, good. Believe it not to be the same, I say to the Dems, because I believe it will help Trump. So have at
3: it. But here's the key about Clinton and the difference between the two of them. We know that Clinton lied. He perjured himself. Right. All right. And uh, everybody decided, well... The American people know it's about sex, so we'll just kind yeah. of back off on it.
5: But that's true, in fact, by the way, meaning the American people were not impressed with the whole impeachment process. Nope. And it and it cost the Republican uh, seats. Dearly. Right?
3: Dearly. We so, lost the gavel.
5: That's right. So if you don't think it's it's going to be helpful to Trump, look, it's, one can construct a theory in which it's not. It just seems like it's an outlier theory. And I believe the, the better interpretation, the realistic interpretation is, particularly with something so flimsy, we've got the transcript. Yep. He was so smart, I think, Trump, whether it was by accident or intentional. I'm, I'm sure he would say intentional, but that's okay. It that doesn't matter, right? <laughs> uh, look, you know. Here's he the, would. Uh, right, of course he would. I'll say it on the side. Look, Trump's a real estate salesman. Literally, salesman. Hmm. So, but well, he's a he. Exagger, they they say he lies, but he 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 exaggerates. All, it's the best. It's the greatest. I the biggest crowd. Whatever. Who cares? That's what people in that business do. And then, you, oh well, you know, you said you 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 weigh one hundred eight pounds, and you weigh one hundred nine pounds. Yeah, like. That's the point. They focus in on the differences that are not – I'm not saying he's never said something that's just flat-out wrong. I've said that in my life, stuff that's flat-out wrong, and I've corrected it. But the fact is that Trump will be benefited by the left using such flimsy nonsense. Oh, and this is what I was saying. His brilliant move was they announce a so-called impeachment inquiry, and then he releases all the material. Yeah. There's, oh, there we're going to get it. We're going to say, subpoena. You don't need to subpoena. Here it, Here is. it is. By it is. way, have it. It's great. By the way, I had another phone call. You want that one? I'll give you that one too.
3: And by the way, let me tell you why it took me so long because we called the folks at the Ukraine, in Ukraine right. and asked them if it was right. all right. That's what right Trump
5: said. Trump checked the Ukrainian president this. first. That's
3: right. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a break. By the way, that's acting presidential. It's that's Dave right. Ellsberg show 101 1 FM The Answer. All right. We're down to two minutes remaining here. Robert. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think this leads to? How long do you think this goes on for? Do you think t-
5: until November of next year? The way they're looking now. Here's my question to you, Dave. You see the the press all the time. They have this rolling list of these are Trump uh, inaccuracies or lies, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's 12,000, 18 million, whatever the number is. I'll make them a deal. Put a side by side. The number of inaccuracies that the mainstream media has had no more like, yeah. like the one just now that we saw during the break where the, they claimed that this guy who was the head of the intelligence, whatever Director. it is d n i whatever it is uh that he was going to quit, and he said, what no nope. it's news to me
3: I'm not quitting so
5: let's do this side by side before well, you say we can sit in and judgment and tell it to, it's eighteen million times President Trump has lied. haven't we what about doing it on us uh, uh hold on, let's go to commercial <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: Right. I kind of liked, uh, we were listening to some people talk just a moment ago on uh, the break about Biden, and he's. they're saying he's trying to keep himself above the fray. Good luck. He's in the middle of the fray. He's, he better start saying
5: something or he's dying. He's flying right into the sun, and those wings are getting singed already. Yeah. He's Here not going to make right. it through the primary.
3: He may not last until, I mean, after Iowa, it may be over for him. It might be. It, it might really be. might be. All right. Thanks, Robert, for coming in. My pleasure. Great God to bless. have you here. What a story! And it's going to go on for a while. It looks like to me. That's I right. agree. That's right. All right. A break. We got more coming up tomorrow at two o'clock. J.R. Davis' final appearance here on the Dave Ellswick Show as he moves on from being the spokesman for the governor. Katie Beck will take over next week oh, nice. on Thursday. She'll be coming in at the exact same time that J.R. did. And we'll keep giving you the information out of the governor's office as uh, they release it. Till tomorrow, have a great evening.